everybody thinks that happiness is so hard to get. I'm like, no, happiness you can buy. Fulfillment is something that you have to earn and you have to work for. And a lot of people haven't even tapped into that. And, you know, like nowadays, everybody's so deprived of like human interaction, love, fulfillment, right. that they're stopping at happiness. That's really sad because I made a video last night about, you know, an older man being on a yacht and everyone thinks that's happy. That's not fucking happiness. That's just him temporarily filling a void because you look deep into that man's soul. He knows deep, deep, deep down if his wife honestly would just put in the 20 that who's missing in that 80 relationship he would have 100% of fulfillment mm. and instead he got to settle for this little bimbo on a yacht and yeah she blows him yeah she's fun here and there but she don't care if he take his last breath while he's sleeping and he knows that too so that's not fulfillment that's just happiness I would have to say everyone stops there and they think well he's on a yacht that's all that matters because you're 21 you're 22 as a man you hear a man on a yacht with a young girl that's what you want to hear mm -hmm. but as a 50 60 year old man that is that's embarrassing a, a lot of my clients that are older would tell me they'll go on these bigger trips with their other friends that are married and everybody's around the same age bracket we're talking about the same things we're kind of on the same level the same spheres mm -hmm. and then you have this younger girl that's there's like can we take shots can we go do this <laughs> she just fucks up the whole op so it's like but people who don't realize and they don't really put that stuff in perspective they don't see that but like i see and i deal with that with people in general so like i can honestly say that that shit throws off the entire vibe when you got someone who's not on the same frequency just simply because they are not experienced with life and people don't see that mm, so never heard it put quite like that before <laughs> The Quote Goats Podcast With your hosts, Tommy Guns The Quote Goats Podcast You have the whole setup there, it's so clean Thank you, I put a lot of work into it yeah you got the whole switchboard going on and everything that is solid look at you <laughs> are you a one-man team one-man team that's that's pretty cool that's good for you i don't know i salute you for that this is why we need men for certain things and women should stay in their lane because there's some <laughs> things that we just shouldn't do it i did that when i was in tampa the whole podcasting and i it's a lot of work it's, it's a, a lot, lot a lot of work a lot of work for one person let me tell you yeah but i feel like you feel you seem like a really intelligent woman though i watched some of your clips and the way <laughs> you were like shitting on those chicks in that in that podcast you were on i was like damn i ain't never seen nobody put it to him like that uh, <laughs> social media really glorifies how you look so therefore we already feel like we're tense but the problem is that deteriorates when the guy meets you and you're not smart and you don't have common sense you don't have wits that slowly dwindles down like the looks go away because there's other girls that are going to be hotter and who's willing to do more for less it's a corrupted culture when it comes to dating because everyone's just kind of devaluing themselves because you don't realize you're not offering much in the relationship you're not willing to start when he's shit you don't want to date the potential but then you also mm. don't want to submit to dating three girls at one time with a guy <laughs> so you're kind of fucked is what i'm saying you're Fitting. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, it sucks because this is probably on that podcast in specifics, like it's probably the 10th time I've had a conversation like that. So honestly, I'm kind of tired of talking about like that surface gaze conversation. Like there's a depth that I want to go into, but I just think that too many people are just uh, surface nowadays and they haven't really tapped into that because people are really quick to react and they're not actually ready to listen, learn or observe. Right, right. So I'm saying something honestly there that I, I could like file my nails and just look down and talk. And them folks were just like baffled. I'm like, then that tells me that you guys are living 
in this little utopia, this fantasy land. It's really sad, honestly, because I'm like, there's so much more um, that you haven't lived. And there's this idea that I think I just finally figured it out today, like how to say it, that everybody thinks that happiness um, is, is so hard to get. I'm like, no, happiness you can buy. Fulfillment is something that you have to earn and you have to work for. And mm. a lot of people haven't even tapped into that. And, you know, like nowadays, everybody's so deprived of like, you know, human interaction, love, fulfillment, right. that they're stopping at happiness. And, and that's what's sad. That's really sad because I made a video last night about, you know, an older man being on a yacht and everyone thinks that's happy. That's not fucking happiness. That's just him temporarily filling a void because you look deep into that man's soul he knows deep, deep, deep down if his wife honestly would just put in the 20 that who's missing in that 80 relationship, he would have 100% of fulfillment. Mm. And instead, he got to settle for this little bimbo on a yacht. And yes, yeah, she blows him. Yeah, she's fun here and there. But she don't care if he take his last breath while he's sleeping. He, and he knows that too. So that's not fulfillment. That's just happiness, I would have to say. Everyone stops there and they think, well, he's on a yacht. That's all that matters. Because you're 21, you're 22. As a man, you hear a man on a yacht with a young girl. That's what you want to hear. Mm -hmm. But as a 50, 60 year old man, that is, that is, that's embarrassing. A, a lot of my clients that are older would tell me they'll go on these, these bigger trips with their old, their other friends that are married. And everybody's around the same age bracket. We're talking about the same things. We're kind of on the same level, the same spheres. Mm -hmm. And then you have this younger girl that's there. It's like, can we take shots? Can we go do this? <laughs> she just fucks up the whole op. So it's like, but people who don't realize and they don't really put that stuff in perspective, they don't see that. But like I see and I deal with that um, with people in general. So like I can honestly say that that shit throws off the entire vibe when you got someone who's not on the same frequency um, just simply because they are not experienced with life. And people don't see that. Hmm. So never heard it put quite like that before <laughs> that's a, well that's what i mean i can't go on these podcasts and talk about that because i would it's crickets in the room like there's one point where we we're talking about something and it was crickets and i had to apologize like i'm sorry that i go too deep my bad let me just backtrack a little bit wow um, and it sucks it really I sucks get, i didn't get to watch the whole thing i tried to find it but they don't really curate their episodes very well so i couldn't i was looking for the thumbnail with you in it but it was just a whole bunch uh, of random looking it's shit. nothing to watch honestly i don't recommend it okay. I, i'm i'm not proud of that episode to be really honest it was like four hours of agony so for anyone that actually my long. editor sat through it and he was solid for that okay okay wow okay yeah but the clips that i saw <laughs> like i'm you was shitting on them though i was like who is this who is this woman <laughs> oh, <it's> so funny. <laughs> and, uh, I was I was actually really I was not happy with that um that panel to be honest because um they asked me to come on like a couple times mm -hmm. and I said no just because like I'm on the east coast or on the west coast. That's a bit of a hike to me personally. I really don't and I don't like going on those type of panels just because uh I was gonna ask you like what do you feel about panel podcasts like Fresh and Fit and you know, the one you were on, what it's called whatever.com. Like Yeah. And it's just these it I, seems to me I've never participated. I mean, I've had I have uh like in studio podcasts sometimes with like a few women, but I don't like purposely seek out for lack of a better term, like bimbos who are kind of like airheaded just to like dunk on them. And it seems like right. that's what they do on those they do. panels. You know? They do. They purposely do. And I, I'm a living testament of it. And regardless of, I don't like their following in specific. And spe I've learned from it because I was sort of in the red pill to begin with. Mm -hmm. I just sort of fell into it. And I just, it was categorized that way. And, you know, when you're new in the space, you kind of want to belong somewhere. So you think it's normal. And then you start seeing 
things just don't add up. Like I like to go into depth and for them, they, they're entertainment. And you have to understand that to me, they're like Jerry Springer They're That's what, right. that's what they do. They so you can't really moment. get mad at what they do. And I'm not mad at it. I just don't, it doesn't align with what I stand for in into depth. I think the structure of it, um, as far as like speaking up for men's mental health, I'm all, all I'm all in for that, mm-hmm. you know, but beyond that, I'm not here to start a women's hate club. I think that's, that's childish as hell. Like grown ass men barking more than women. Then are you really a man? Like, I don't remember traditional right. men back in my family barking like that. Right, right. So as somebody who has been on fresh and fit and has gone on this other one, I personally, You've been from on my fresh experience, and fit too? You've been on fresh unfortunately, oh, yes, okay. I, I gotta did. check them clips out too. I'm sure there's some doozies in there. Yeah, <laughs> but I wasn't, I wasn't the same person I am now. Like I I've grown so much in this space. Like I learned really fast just because like, I don't like to make mistakes mm-hmm. and I don't really have room to constantly make mistakes because it is digital footprint. So, oh, you yeah. know, I took like a three month break, um, in this space just because it hit me so fast and I moved to Miami for it, but okay. long story, super short. Um, when I was on the, the fresh, fresh and fit to begin with, they, they wanted me to drink, you know, before the show and I don't drink, I don't smoke, like I don't do any of that. So for right. me, it was like, it wasn't like a respectful thing. It was more like they demonized me for not wanting to participate in that stuff. Mm. Um, and, and it kind of irritated me because I was like, you know, you guys complain about women being hoes. And the minute I come on here and, and I'm not, I'm not hating on nobody for being a hoe. If you want to be a hoe, that's your, that's your own sinful activity. I'm a, I'm a pass on that. Okay. But I definitely got demonized for that. And then when we went to go take pictures on the balcony, which I also didn't think it was necessary. I thought it was stupid. Like just take one of my profile pictures from my page. Like I, I only have 10 photos of myself on Instagram. There's no reason why I should participate in this. I'm not comfortable with this. Yeah. They wanted me to like pose in a way where it was like, you know, f- ass out face like that. Like I don't pose like that. So wow. again, it was like so many things that i saw i was like see you guys specifically do this shit for the clickbaits for the simps you glorified on these these women sexually for the simps so that it's all money for them and and they say like oh we're teaching men and da, da, da. yeah to a certain degree i get it for those who don't have fathers those who need to man up those who need to not simp heavily sure mm-hmm. but you also capitalize on the simps because you want these girls to come on looking like straight hoes right so that you can get the money in the super chats and all that shit, you right. know and i and because i didn't want to participate entirely i wasn't rude it's okay for us to have our preference like grown men want to have young girlfriends that's your preference i don't knock you for it mm-hmm. but because i don't want to drink and because i don't want to post a certain way i was called china the entire night they called you China the whole night? That yeah. sounds kind of yeah. racist. <laughs> I'm not going to drop no names because I don't think it's fair to like shit on people in the business. I think it's very unprofessional. Okay. But in specifics, like I was, they, they called me like basically China, yo China, go stand over there, yo China. And then they put me on the couch at one point. And I was just like, you know, y'all, y'all basically beg women to come on this show and mm. you, you, you tell them it's going to be a safe haven. And then I get on there and I don't feel safe. I'm not happy. I don't like, and I'm not a picky person. Like I'm generally like pretty easy to get along with. Like, I understand like things happen in business, but like when I get there and you're forcing me to do a certain thing, I don't like that. And then the other podcast that I went on recently, mm-hmm. they were like, you know, dress up like in party clothes or cosplay. And I'm like, cosplay? why the fuck does it matter? exactly some white people shit right there and i was like wait what i'm like this is not a convention i don't need to wear that um so you know again it made me realize like if i wasn't confident in myself i would feel like i have to go on these shows dressed a certain way but i'm like 
y'all, I came here to talk. I'm not here to sell myself. Like I'm not selling my body. I don't post that on regular day basis. So I'm not going on, I'm not going on a show dressed like I'm going on a first date. That was a requirement, Mm -hmm. you know? And most of my wardrobe is like dark colors and like neutral ish colors. Like red is the most I'll wear, but like they wanted to wear like neon colors. And I'm like, bro, that's some ghetto shit. I don't wear neon clothes. Like this is weird. So, I mean, I said, I'm going to show up and wear this. If they have a problem with it, then they can kick me off. I really don't care. Yeah. And I just, again, I see all the the strategies that are implemented and I see what they try to do. And the amount of times that I was cut off because a super chat came in. Mm. So you don't really care about the message. You care about the money. Right. And you praise the, the idiots who send the money in, whether, you know, how much, however much it is, the more you praise them, even if it's a dumbass comment, mm-hmm. you know, and I stand on principle, I stand on honor, I like integrity. And when you're, you're there talking about something on like an actual subject and you override that because of money, then you're not really here to actually serve a purpose. You're just here to collect and just be real about it. So at least we all know why we're here. So that's my experience with the panel shit. And I just, it's not my thing. Yeah. You don't strike me as a, you know, one of those type of women who, or would be cool with them, you know, saying like, can you wear something revealing when you show up? And yeah. can you talk like this? Can you, can we take some shots before we start? It's seem, like mm-hmm. not, nothing, what you just said is surprising to me. Cause I, I don't really tap too much into the red pill shit because I mean, I, you can't escape it from, from being on TikTok and on YouTube and stuff. And you look at the shorts yeah. Like you, you might see one motivational thing and you scroll down and it's fresh and fit dunking on some, some Miami nightlife chick and telling her she didn't have a father or something, something like that. Something for the clickbait, like you said. And it's like, I think for most people, at least for me, the more stuff like that, I see the more clips of some guy in the street asking, uh, uh, obviously drunk woman that just left the club, some some gotcha question like what's your body count or yeah. what's what's the seek what's the secret that you didn't tell your ex and she's like oh i fucked his friend you know yeah and they, they they're making it seem like like the majority of women are like this when they probably asked a hundred people the same question that night and they yes. took the most salacious one and posted it and it right. it like gives the perception that society is is like this and it, yeah. it it like for a normal guy it'll make you it'll kind of turn you off on women in general like yes. me, I, I even yes. catch myself feeling like that like wow like i'm yeah. glad i'm in a relationship because it seems like the dating pool is real shallow out right. here right now you know right no you're not wrong um i have a, a bunch of friends on tiktok that are are the you know the street interviewers and i've, I've asked them in specific i'm like I don't even think it's their fault because it's their job. Like if you're an entertainer, like a stripper, I'm not going to knock you. That's your hustle, but be upfront about your hustle. Like, you know, and I I think that people that are watching it, like kids on TikTok and like since COVID, everyone thinks that's what the reality is. And I've asked them, you keep saying this is what everybody is. I'm a relationship coach. I deal with normal people, people Mm. who aren't Instagram famous, people who are actually looking for answers and not entertainment. Right. And they're not on social media. They're not the one that's glorifying this this lifestyle that you guys say that's so important. Mm-hmm. And um and those the my friends who do the the interview stuff, they'll tell me like, bro, they the inspirational stuff never goes viral. It's always the toxic stuff. So we're gonna push that and that's just the reality of it. And they can admit that and they know that. Yeah. You know who doesn't know that? The viewers. The viewers are like, oh, this is all women. 
yeah. I had a little boy on her the other day that was 21 years old on TikTok trying to tell me that all women are a certain way. And I'm like, bro, all women are not this way. It's the women that you're interacting. And I'm going to tell you that because the way you're talking to me, I'm turned off. So the girl like me would never talk to you. Mm. But I know who would talk to you. The hoes would talk to you because they think this, oh, this is a man right here. He's speaking up facts right now. I'm like, you're not spitting up facts. You're creating some stupid ideology that you've accumulated on your own. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make any damn sense. It makes sense in your world because you're hurt, you're lost, and you're looking for validation through these stupid podcasts that are just uh, entertainment. You know, they have one fact and then they have like five bullshit that comes with it. And you're, you're taking all of it. Mm -hmm. So that's what's happening. I mean, it is entertaining, but to, I mean, I'm like, if I was a young guy watching it, like you said, the little 20 year old dude you were talking to, he, he, he's mm -hmm. bought it hook, hook, line and sinker, but you know, you have to be done lived a little bit of life to like see behind the curtain. And, and, and I kind of mm -hmm. do this too. And I'm, I have a wireless mic. I could go in the street and ask like wild questions and stuff. I could go in the club and ask drunk girls, like whatever wild questions, like, but I tend to like, cause the reason why I got into podcasting in the first place and the reason why like I, I like it because, uh, I don't, I don't really, I'm not really that talkative of a person in real life. Like I don't, I'm not a small talker. Um, I don't mm -hmm. like talking just to like hear myself speak. I usually talk when I have something to say and I like, like having real, like truthful, honest genuine conversations and I like to talk to people who I think like feel like that too and who like really got something to say I don't want to I don't want to be on here just to be clickbaity you know I want to like kind of try at least to talk about poignant shit and try to be as genuine as I can and I'm curious you know when I see somebody interesting like you who's well-spoken you know I want to talk and I want to you know pick your brain a little bit and uh, I'm not just on here like I watched a little I watched a little bit of a whatever dot com podcast uh, like an hour ago for the first time when I was looking for your episode. And I noticed like uh, I guess they do every I, I guess they do them live. I've never really mm -hmm. done a live podcast before, so I haven't even really been in this space for that long, maybe like a year now. Mm. And uh I, I noticed how he started the episode by plugging every way um, someone could, con could contribute monetarily. Like, make sure you send the ten dollars. If you send it to super chat, it's got to be ten dollars. I'm not gonna read it. So, get your money up. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. got the Patreon over here, and you can right. send us money this way and that way and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah. When are you gonna jump into the conversation? You know what I'm saying? When you exactly. when you're gonna say some that that's why they do the live thing, honestly. And and that's why like I ha I struggle in that space because I, I say these things because I'm actually passionate about it. And putting a dollar on it is my struggle, but also because like the entertainment space, you actually don't make any money from it. Like when you're an entertainer on air, like unless you're selling knowledge, you're not gonna make money. Mm -hmm. And Fresh and Fit has learned how to do both entertainment and selling courses. I mean, and stuff you gotta like that. get the money though. You know, you can't really do it for free. You know, I can't really. No, I agree. Them. I agree. But it has to be in to me in like a very honorable way. It has to kind of match with you. Mm -hmm. And like, I refuse to beg. I refuse to like capitalize on like simps in that it's just, it's very demeaning. Like Instagram just allowed me to um, put out like a subscription thing. And I was like, why does this keep popping up? Let me try it. Mm -hmm. So I just, I, I, I activated it. I put it out there and two people subscribe to it and they could just, they, they keep sending me like 
reels and having small conversations. And I don't like having small conversations. Like we, you know, we can talk about some shit or you can do you and I'll do me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because they subscribed to this thing, I felt like I was obligated to talk to them. And this is why I don't like the whole subscriber factor. Cause mm. like, I, there's no dollar on me. Like there's no price value on me. And that's weird. I'm not saying that from like a feminist point of view or something, but it's just like, if you're a grown ass man and you spend all this time on social media sending me reels, this is why you come to me with, I hate women. Women suck because you're on social media all the damn time. No woman wants to be with a man who lives on social media. Right, right, and right. as somebody who is a content creator, you know, just because that's it's my fault for turning on the subscription thing, but I didn't know. I didn't know how this was. I'm, I've never been one to have a freaking subscriber thing before. So <laughs> at least it you wasn't know, OnlyFans I, or something like. That. <laughs> yeah, but now I feel the effects of it, and I don't like it. I'm like, bro, I, I don't want to reply to this right now because it's not this is not a, an actual conversation. I'll reply to someone like, hey, how do I deal with this mm-hmm. that I would usually charge for? But I'm like, if I feel like replying, I'll reply to it. But like, we're not gonna be having small talk, and I'm not gonna be tickling your pickle. This is weird. Let me get out of this conversation right so i need to turn that thing off because i don't i can't do it i'm like i'd rather sell a course or something but i'm not going to be entertaining things for 4.99 a month that's like out of my character yeah that sounds kind of only fancy right right (laughs) what do you think about uh the whole only fans generation and women who because you keep like mentioning simps and like they thriving off of the simp culture out here off of these like incel dudes who are just paying whatever 99 a month for them to you know send them feet pics and yeah whatever else Uh, you know what i'm saying and a lot of women maybe not a lot of women but you see a lot of women online glorifying it acting like they like to some boss because they like you know they selling ass online you know and it's it's the cool thing to do these days and it's no shame it's no shame in it there is no in shame my opinion, for it, it should be shame. You should be shamed for shit like that. I'm sorry. Well, that's the thing. This culture doesn't want to talk about. Sh- I hate the fact that someone's like, you shouldn't shame someone. I'm like, no, we need to bring back humility. We need to bring back shame. Y'all Thank are doing you. way too much. And y'all are disrespectful towards yourself, towards your, your parents, towards the, the people around you, towards your sister, your brother, your like your family. Like, your future I just think kids. it's. You know, your kids, it's digital footprint. And, you know, I, I, I know girls who do it and I know that, how do I say this? You, you can never really get rid of all the bad things in the world. That's how I look at it. Right. I think there's people who do it because they don't have a choice to a certain level of don't having a choice. Like I know somebody who had like a felony or something and she was like, this is, this is what I had to do to get on my feet. All right. You got girls who had to do that. Right. And then we got the rest of them who were just bumming it through because it's the easy way of life. And I'm like, listen, there's a reason why we don't respect drug dealers because of how they make their money. You can make your money all you want, but if you make your money in a way where I'm not going to respect you, you get your money, but you will be eating by yourself. Mm. And if that's the value of life for you, is just the fact that I have money. Do you, boo? I was like, because I have to do my shit the right way. So does my man. I was like, and it's not easy, but that's the, the price we pay. And at the end of the day, when we look at each other, we feel very fulfilled in the sense where we did this the right way and we're happy with how we got it and the respect that comes with it. And that, that overrides everything for me. Um, so as far as how people choose to make their living, there's a lot of people that do, you know, they're scammers. I'm in Miami. There's a lot of scammer activity out here. Really? There's a lot of drug dealers. Yeah. There's a lot of only fan girls. So it's like, I'm not going to sit here and continuously tell people they shouldn't do it. I'm over that part. I'm like, you know, damn well, you shouldn't do it. <laughs> There's other ways to make money. There's plenty of ways to be an affiliate seller online. There's places to make money on 
um like, like what is it online they teach you how to make so much money online nowadays right we have more access to it than we did back in the day so there's really no excuse as to why you choose to do it that way mm-hmm. um so it's just kind of unfortunate I, I don't agree with it i don't like it but um there's no stopping it it's just like an epidemic of, of girls on there and then it it's a demand and supply when it comes to simps and then girls doing that right 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 I man i blame the simps if it wasn't nobody paying for that shit then it wouldn't be it wouldn't seem like such a lucrative thing to do but it's always gonna be like in my opinion weirdo guys out there who want to see a girl's feet or even pay for some dirty underwear or some shit like who are you like how do yeah. you have not have enough dignity not to like write a right. woman and like ask her for right. these outlandish things. I made a video the other day about like how like like the death of shame. Like you can't you get shamed for for shaming shameful behavior. And I think I blame I blame Amber Rose for that shit. She started the whole slut shaming thing and the whole uh uh, slut walk thing trying to like take back the word and like reimagine it like what why why you should be ashamed of being a slut you know there's a mm-hmm. reason why throughout time and history like women weren't weren't supposed to be like slutty and like promiscuous and stuff and oh yeah I agree only because I, of I, like modern day technology that is less this less risky for a woman to like be promiscuous you know with like birth control and you know abortions and like you know women like get out of jail free cars for women you know but um i think like society is just it seems like society is just going going downhill from what you see i would say if, if you're tapped into social media like that if you're indulging into not? it yeah who's, who's not though who's not on it's a it's a very small amount of people that's but getting less and I would less say that the, ain't online the reason why there's a reason why and i, I want to go back to like <clears throat> i want to go to the root of it of parenting i think like people don't know how to parent their kids anymore and i'll i would say this for the gen z and millennials to a level of um people don't raise their kid. They give their kids an iPhone. They give them an iPad. Mm. So instead of actually putting them in sports, making them go touch grass, when you become a parent, you've become selfless. And a lot of people are still very selfish. So what happens is their kids grow up in an environment where you see a very unhealthy relationship with your parents. Sometimes the dad's on the picture and the mom has all the load of being the mom and the dad. Mm-hmm. And then your kids are now, their whole entertainment in life is social media. They, they have this envious life of I want to be this person. This person's doing this. Why? Because as a parent, everyone's fucking nowadays, y'all. Everyone's having kids. Yeah. Is their body their right? But y'all don't realize the responsibility that comes with it. Right. Because you're so in you're so into this world of like, you know, it's free will, let people do what they want to do. No, 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 no. no. I don't believe in that. I think everything comes with responsibilities. Everything is a privilege and it has to be earned. And instead of teaching people, teaching kids, um, they're pretty much letting the internet teach them. Mm-hmm. So what happens? People grow up lost in identity. Um, they don't have a purpose. They don't have a goal. And they they look for it for people online. And social media has made it to where you're close enough to where you could reach a celebrity. You might touch an influence. You might become friends with them. Right. And why do you feel this way? Because your parents are not giving you that balance, that give and take of like, you're, you're, you're normal enough to be yourself. 
but you're hopeful enough to want to be something better than what you are right now. Um, so it's like a, it's a balance. Like I had to find that balance mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate yeah. because these kids nowadays have so much options. Like the girls of my age, I'm 28. You should be focusing on yourself. So by the time that you have kids, you have lived enough to know how to give your kids a life of balance that right. you may have missed out on and things that they deserve for that. And they don't, it's just, I've, you're forcing it on your kids. So can you really blame a generation of people who have nothing to look forward to because their parents didn't set them up? with that does it make sense what i'm saying yeah it makes perfect sense what you're saying it's so it's almost like getting mad at kids for being spoiled who the fuck spoiled them their parents mm-hmm. why like the parents are not taking any accountability for the fact that they just decided to have sex and just shoot these kids out in the world throw them in school let the teachers deal with them for eight hours and then let social media teach them right. that's what it is because nobody's actually implementing what kids need to like you know, if you're if you're tiger parenting, you're, you're you're sheltering your kid too much. But if you neglect them too much, now they're looking for the ones who need to love them, the parents that should have loved them. They're looking for a man to love them, a girl to love them. There's a balance, and I'm not saying it's easy. I know it's not easy, and it's hard for me to talk about the subject because people will be like, "You don't have kids, you know, you shouldn't talk about that." I'm like, "Bro, but it's common fucking but sense." I got I got kids, and you spitting facts, <laughs> you know. That's <laughs> what I'm preaching. Yeah, that's what struck. That's what pisses me off the most about this space is a lot of things it's like men will say like i'm a logical person women are emotional logical to logical if i'm saying something logical why are you dismissing it because i'm a woman because i'm a girl Mm. because i don't have kids Mm. if it makes sense it should make sense take the emotions out of it and if you plug it into your life if you look at the the problem for what it is you know i have um, a telegram channel and i have clients that are of all ages and they're lost they're really just lost and they're looking for a sense of direction. And it's up to me. Like, I know like when they're looking at me, it's up to me not to play God. And that's the biggest people don't know how to not play God. Don't play God with those who are helpless with you. Yeah. And and I have people that will message me every day. Hey, I hope I'm not bothering you. I'm like, you're not bothering me, but you are becoming dependent on me. And I don't want that for you. So I need you to limit this to once a week. As much as I don't want to say that to them, I have to say that to them. And how are you supposed to tell your kids that as a parent, if you are not strong as an individual to know like, hmm, perception wise, I, I love my child, but I can't shower them with everything. I need to pull back a little bit and let nature take its course. Mm-hmm. People aren't doing that nowadays. What they're doing is just, oh, your kid's annoying. Here's the iPhone. Go away. Mommy and daddy's fighting right now. It's like stupid shit like that. Well, I think that's like a generational thing, too, because if your parent wasn't raised right and their parent wasn't raised right. You know what I'm saying? It's just a perpetual it situ- is. situation it is. of like, no, it hurt, is, but people, people have to like, this generation speaks about therapy. All they do is oh, we, I have a therapist, I have a therapist. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're so aware of our, our problem. Everybody has a mental illness nowadays. Everybody right? has anxiety nowadays. Yeah. So to me, it's like, if you're aware that you got issues, you got to stop blaming it on your 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 grandma, your ancestors and the generation. Like, I don't have any reason to be who I am now. I have every statistical reason to be a degenerate as mm. someone who grew up the way I did and leaving home at the age that I left. I shouldn't be this person. I shouldn't even sound like this. So to me, it's, it's your life and it's all mental to be really like all the trauma you endure, all the pain you've endured. It's all mental. So, I mean, what's really stopping you? Other than you opening a book, going on YouTube, getting a therapist, getting some help, having some self-awareness. It's all you. No one's stopping you. You're not missing a leg. You're not missing an arm. You just. That's the thing, though. People, 
people are quick to identify their problem and their issue these days, but they would rather, mm-hmm. they would rather use that as an excuse to be the thing that's that, that whatever trauma made them be instead of correcting right. it and becoming a better person. They just like, fuck it. Like I ain't got no choice, but to be like this, like I'm like, right. you know, I'm a, I'm a black man, but, um, I preach, to other black people to not live in like a victimhood mentality. You know what I'm saying? Right. Don't don't use the crutch. Don't make your blackness a crutch. And don't even, I would say, don't even make it like, don't even put it at the forefront of your identity. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, and don't, and don't teach your kids that you got to be twice as good than the, than the white, than the white person to succeed in life. You know what I'm saying? Like, Right. I don't preach that to my kids. I don't live my life that way. I don't um I don't wake up in the morning and say like woe is me, what's gonna what shortcoming is gonna am I gonna face today because I'm black. You know what I'm saying? I, right. I don't even that's not even that's not even in my psyche. I just see myself as a human being going through life you know what i'm saying and i don't feel like oppressed i don't feel like a boot is on my neck and something is always holding me down you know what i'm saying i feel like i can do anything i apply myself to do you know um i come from like very humble beginnings i grew up on a farm my uh my great grandfather like was a a slave that turned into a sharecropper. And my mom was one of the first kids in Alabama to be integrated into like white schools and stuff. Uh, And like, I come from a very not poor household, but we didn't have money. But now like I own land in Germany. I live in Germany. I have a three story house. I run several businesses and stuff. And it's because I didn't, I didn't say like, look where I come from. I could never, I could never do this. You know what I'm saying? I just, Mm -hmm. I just did. I just let my ideas flow and let myself be myself. And I didn't, like I said, I didn't say, woe is me. I'm black and the world is against me. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like people, like I'll say it again, people use their circumstances as an excuse not to, not to better themselves, you know what I'm saying? They're like, oh, I got mm-hmm. anxiety. I'm depressed because of this. This happened to yeah. me. You know, I would. they would rather just talk about it instead of just, you know, picking they picking themselves up off the ground and, like, making something out of themselves, you know? Using that as, yeah. like, motivation to, like, do some dope shit, you know? It's so much opportunity in the world. Nobody, not a racist, not a bigot, not a, you know, a, or whatever ism you want to call can stop you. <laughs> they can they can talk shit all day, but nobody can really keep you from what you really want to do but yourself and your own mindset in this day and age. You know what I'm saying? Especially in in the Western world, in like the modern world. I can see if you live in a third world country or something, that them people yeah. got the real problems and the real issues right. and stuff. They over there starving. And stuff like that. But like people in America who are so oppressed and so <laughs> upset about what pronoun somebody didn't identify them as or something or, you know, it's just people are so 
prone and they want to have something to complain about so bad. And it's just exhausting to see. Like it is. I don't it is. It it's it's to the level of I don't I think that they're so lost and they are looking for someone to look up to. And that's why like that's why I like being who I am and I like who where I'm heading. Cause I do see those that I usually would be annoyed and I would hate. Um, but then I realized like I need to change my demeanor about that. Cause when I was on that podcast, I usually look down on those type of girls. But mm. then I remember when I was their, their age, I was like that. So not to the level that they were, but I was pretty much lost and I was looking for validation. And I think a lot of girls are, especially if you come from a corrupted home. So uh, Michael Knowles was on that podcast before me. And I really liked the way that he was able to articulate his points, but um, also talk to them to the level of where they're like, you know what? I agree with what you say. Thank you for not disrespecting me. Because I thought about it as a woman when I was younger, I would get into disagreements with my man. And I was like, you know, we can come to disagreements, but you never have to come at me and curse at me and put your hands on me. I come from a domestic household. I don't like that. I never will participate in that. So please don't. And I looked at it like, you know, as a content creator, even though I don't like the shit that people are doing nowadays, and I'm notorious for being blunt, I don't want to continuously attack people for it. Like if I'm going to say something, I need to come with a solution. And I, I think of it like as parenting, if you're going to yell at your child for not being to not do something, mm -hmm. you have to be able to back it up with why they shouldn't do something. Mm -hmm. Because if you're always telling them you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that. All they say is you stopping them from living, but mm -hmm. you need to tell them, this is what will happen. If you do this X, Y, Z, paint them a picture because people and kids cannot think that far. Right. And if you do have the, the, the wisdom to see that far, why not help them? That is the gift that keeps giving to pay it forward. And I, I, I wholly do believe in that more than ever. Like the, within the space that I'm in and the way that I was talking to the girls, I was very surprised that the girl was like, you know, I want to hear what she has to say. There was like a, my editor had cut out a clip where it was like, I want to hear what she has to say. You know, oh, she's spitting or something like that. Yeah, and that. it was nice because, you know, like usually girls don't want to hear what I have to say because they think that I'm stopping them from having fun. You know, they think I'm a pick me and I'm like, I no, like I want the best for me, you. Right? <laughs> the guy you'll pick me, right? Yeah, yeah, in the beginning, severely, but yeah. because I've changed the way that I deliver my message and I'm holding men and women accountable. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because you can't please everyone. And I've come to terms with that. But you have to accept that if you're going to address it like an epidemic of a problem, you have to take both parties in account. And since I've done that, it's been very nice to see the ones who are lost, they'll agree and they're willing to change. Those who are living in victim mentality will fight me and I'll just simply submit to their idea that they're right and I'll just turn my back because supply and demand, I'm not going to supply you the energy you want from me. So that will sizzle down when you come to reality. Right. But for those who are genuinely lost and just barking because everyone else is barking, if they hear something that sounds better than what they're doing, they will follow and they will lead, but you have to be able to deliver it to where they understand you. And that's my biggest thing is it doesn't matter what you're saying, no matter how right you are, if it isn't a universal fit and it isn't their love language, they're not going to understand you. And that's where a lot of relationships go downhill because people don't want to understand, like, you're not absorbing what I'm saying. So maybe I should change the way I'm, the way I'm saying it. And, and it works. It's a living testament. These girls are listening to me. And I never thought that leaving a podcast like that, um, one of the little girls, um, I forgot her name, she followed me. And I was like, you know, they, they don't want to see my type of content because I'm usually telling you, you shouldn't do this. This is why you shouldn't. Yeah. And she did. And she and, and I reached out to her and she was like, you know, like, thank you for being this person. I really appreciate you. Um, uh, it means a lot coming from you. 
So, I mean, it really opened up my eyes to like, you know, shaming is one thing, but I have to come with a solution to continuously fulfill what my goal is. Mm. That's an interesting yeah. point. That's an interesting point. Because <laughs> sometimes I just be shaming people like, because some I feel like, yeah, I can, because I'm not a life coach, you know, I just kind of see at this point in, you know, this whole space I've got myself into, I just kind of see uh, a lot of what I feel like is wrong with the world. And I mm -hmm. just kind of provide like right. what, I, what I feel like is uh, my common sense opinion on it and mm -hmm. like hope that it reaches somebody and it makes sense to somebody. You know, I don't really yeah. at this point feel like it's my responsibility to cater my message to everybody who might hear it. You know what I'm saying? Cause right. it takes somebody no, to I, be I in, in the right um, season in their life to receive certain messages, you know, like you of were course. saying like went like some of these women, they're young, they're just living. They just want to have fun and that's, they can't see past the fun nights in the club and, you know, the one night stands and the only fans and the mm -hmm. dressing provocatively. They think that they think that's the totality of life. They can't even see when they're like 28, 30 and they can't see the infamous wall that they're that they if they live to 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 see it, they don't they don't see that one day they're right. not going to be this attractive girl that's getting all this attention. One day all that's going to go away. And then you're going to be like left out in the rain, like a little wet poodle and ain't nobody right. going to be looking at you or trying to like cater to you anymore. And then what, you know what I'm saying? And right. those but type of coming girls, from a, coming from a man, they will never listen to a man saying it. It's almost like me telling a man on, on how to be a man. He's never going to listen to me. Mm -hmm. And I, I come to terms with that. I can only tell a man what a woman likes and he could probably tweak to get her attention, but I can never tell a man on how to be a man, no matter how logical I sound. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. I am a woman. I am a girl. I have, you know, a pretty decent relationship. I like to say I like my life pretty private online just because people are crazy online. Right. But for the most part, for those who do know me privately, they do know how my relationship is. And um, when I speak to women, it's first off like it's you can't help. You can't help but to check each other on how you look, how you carry yourself, how you are with your relationships. And they do listen, even if it's not immediately. Um, I, I don't think it's my goal to change everyone. I think it's just my goal to to deliver my message, but I don't want it to be an echo chamber. I, I'm not big on just talking to those who already know this. I want to talk to those who don't agree with me just right. because I know that you're just simply lost. You know, like you don't understand the way that you're choosing to carry yourself is, is detrimental, mm -hmm. but it's okay. And one thing I've learned is like, I like challenges. I do like to see, um, people submit to the idea of like, you know, I didn't know that, but now I understand that and how, because it's like, I'm a girl. When I look at a younger girl, I know what it is you think that I don't know. You're a man. If you look at your son, you look at someone's son, you look at a man, you know exactly where he is in that life right now. Mm -hmm. So you just have to be a selfless person um, and to just deliver that message to get them to understand like, you know what? I didn't think that anyone felt this, but I talked to so many people and they gave me the same story. <laughs> I talked to one baby mama and she thinks she's the only baby mama in the world. Really? So you hear the, you know, how hard life is, you know, I'm like, girl, I don't have a kid, but I've heard this story 10,000 times. So I can tell you to the T of how you feel. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to read, you don't have to reiterate. And I can give you the exact solution that you need if you would just absorb it. 
So you have to validate their emotional experience for them to at least listen to you. And most people don't, if you're just shaming, yeah. you, they're in their mind, they're, they're, they're the only one going through it. So they're like, I'm not going to listen to you because you haven't even understand what I'm going through and why I'm reacting this way. Okay. And I do the same thing for men and same thing for women. It's the same thing for men. As long as I validate how hard it is for them to be a man in society, how they can't speak, how they can only suppress and then show physically. Mm-hmm. They understand, okay, at least Angela understands my experience as a man. That's why my original following was men. It's like, it was originally like 90% men. Now it's gone to like 70 and then 30 women, I think. Okay. Um, and I definitely noticed it's all validate people's emotional experience and then go ahead and, and teach them what you want to teach them. But you have to let them know that you know why they're doing it and that you empathize for them, for them to continue listening to you. Right. You kind of got to meet them where they are for them yeah. to like open up. It's a, to... it's a big, big, big factor. And I, it's a, it's a big change for if you're trying to find like change in the world and I want change for somewhat of the world, maybe not all of it, it's not possible, but some, yeah, I would you can't to say. save everybody, but you know, you, yeah. can, save, you can save a few. <laughs> That's interesting. Right. That's very interesting. <laughs> you're a very smart woman. Um, so you're a relationship coach, right? Yeah. How long have mm-hmm. you been a relationship coach and what made you even get into that line of work? Uh, I haven't been one for long at all, to be really honest. And I didn't really mean to fall into it. I think, uh, I was in the podcasting space like you Mm -hmm. and as much as I enjoyed it, I don't really enjoy bringing, um, people into my safe space. One, I think that too many energies goes in the house. They don't want to leave. They want to drink. They want to, I don't do all that. Okay. And on top of that, once I learned how the algorithm thing works, it really just messes with your algorithm. And on top of that, the monetizing factor. So for me, it was too many hiccups for someone who was still learning. So I had to pull back from that. Okay. And every time someone would ask me, like, what do you do? I couldn't say I do podcasting because I didn't do it anymore. So I was like, man, I need to do something. What do you mean that makes with sense. your algorithm, though? So for every time you bring on a, a new guest, mm-hmm. it changes your algorithm. Their, their followers hogs over to your YouTube or your... your so it kind of confuses. And I like stability. Okay. You know, and essentially what you do is like your, your algorithm confuses, like they don't know where to push your, 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 um, your content. So mm. let's say if you have, you know, someone who's on a relationship and someone who's on for fitness and it just keeps changing. Sometimes it's more detrimental for your, your channel for that, because if you're trying to monetize, uh, it's really hard to do that. Right. So for me, I just, I couldn't do that anymore because like I'd have a huge following from somebody that was in the political space and it would ruin my entire views on that one. It'd be just the people from that, the person that I brought on, it would ruin it. And I'm like, oh damn, this is not how I want it. And I wasn't credible enough. I'm not, you know, in the space for anyone to know me. You're not watching it for me. You're watching it for the guests that I bring on. Mm-hmm. And I want my channel to grow for me, you know? So are you watching it for me? You're watching it cause I brought on like a huge guest. And mm-hmm. usually it was because I brought on a huge guest. So right. I'm like, until I branded myself correctly, I, I don't want to go back into the podcast space because I don't think it's good for me. Because I, business-wise, everything you do, you have to like it, but it also has to make money. And right. if I'm doing it for free and not making money, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be sustainable long term for me. I got you. I got you. Yeah. For so, me, I think not to cut you off, but just, for me, I think. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I feel you what you're saying because I have different people on and you know, they'll be versed in this, they'll be versed in that. They'll it'll mm-hmm. be some will be political, some will be like relationship stuff, some 
Yeah. Or just be fun, like storytelling, laughing stuff. And it's, mm-hmm. it is kind of all over the place, but I feel like mm-hmm. it's, it's taken a longer time, but it, it, well, it's, it doesn't happen quick. But for me, at least, it's giving me like a really we- well-rounded like fan base, for lack of a better word, because I'm getting people from like all avenues of life. And yeah, I'm bringing right. on like big guests here and there, but you know, it's always my face talking to them so they're getting more and more familiar with yeah. my face and right uh like it's a it's a grind and when it i is first grind. yes definitely a grind and when i first started i was only concerned with youtube or and spotify mm. and i told myself mm. i made like a three-year plan because I, I was like i know this is gonna grow slow but i like doing it it's gonna be fun and eventually I'm going to make some good money with it. You know what I'm saying? But it was right, all right. a passion project at first. And then I yeah. discovered TikTok. And at first I thought TikTok is all cringe. It's all corny dances. It's all like r- stuff that is really hard for me to watch in this stage in my life. And, yeah. And then uh, I started making like short clips for Instagram reels and stuff because I heard they were pushing it. And I figured like okay, maybe I can drive people to my YouTube and other stuff if I just put a f- mm-hmm. few reels out because they're pushing the numbers right now. And mm-hmm. then somebody suggested that I just, you know, repurpose the reels and put them on uh, on TikTok. And when I first started, it was just, uh, I had a co-host, which I don't have anymore, which is a long story, but uh, we were just telling, like, funny stories. Like, I would get a group of guys right. in here. It was like Joe Rogan. Which it still is sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I told a story about, because uh, my girlfriend's a model, and she has model friends that, uh, you know, get flown to Dubai and, you know, get pooped on and peed on and stuff. And God I, damn. <laughs> and I, she to- I told the story that she told me, and they couldn't believe it. And I guess TikTok couldn't believe it. And that was, like, my first viral video. Got, like, a million <laughs> views in a day. And I was like, whoa, okay, TikTok is where it's at. <laughs> Yeah. And it's been slowly trickling to my other platforms and growing pretty fast since then. So I feel what you're saying. And it does mess with my, like, I'm in a weird place in my algorithm right now. I don't know if it's because after you reach certain, like, TikTok, the algorithm is crazy, but it's kind of weird. Because it changes all the time. Yeah. they And the, the, the latest change, I don't know if it's a milestone after you reach 200K, they, like, change it on you and you have to, like, prove yourself again and post three times a day again or some shit but i'm in that stage right now but uh yeah but not to no i'll ask you no you're good you're good no i think it's because you have time i didn't have time doing this like i'm from tampa and my boyfriend originally was like um you know i got i how do i say this i hate i hate like biting the hand that feeds me basically i i got offered to move her to be a co-host for a podcast basically okay. that worked with, you know, someone else that was credible. And I, I thought it was a great idea, but I also have never loved Tampa. So I was very excited for it, but I also didn't want to, cause it was Miami. Miami is not my vibe. Okay. So, you know, he blew up my phone a couple of times. And I was like, ignoring him. My boyfriend's like, why is someone so calling you? So I told him thinking like it was not going to be anything. He's like, why don't you go? And I was like, cause it's Miami. I was like, we both don't like Miami. Why would I do that? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, 
it's a good it's a good uh it's a good plan i think you should try it you know you've done everything you can in tampa you've surpassed i've done so much things in tampa like my whole family's known in tampa for the, the salon and the things that we've done and i've been there my whole life and i've kind of been always under the radar okay. but i really just don't do much but i don't i've always had projects so um long story short he was like he, he's the one who pushed me out here so the pressure for me to be successful being here was kind of real because it wasn't about money it was about doing something that i loved for the first time mm-hmm. and it being a hit um but by the time i moved here um it wasn't what, what i thought it was going to be you know these guys didn't have anything ready like they say they would you know uh. they're supposed to be a director they're supposed to be an editor supposed to be all this shit. and it was just all scammer activities or i was like this is a full-blown hate podcast and i'm i'm here for changes like when I, when i was in tampa i was still learning what i was doing on the podcast. i had six episodes they went really well mm-hmm. and they liked what i did and they wanted to take that and do something all the same kind of like the Joe Rogan idea and the um there was one with Shia LaBeouf like that was a, an infamous theme that we were going for but once we got there he got fired from his place and he went on like a whole hate thing and turned what the podcast was to be inspirational into a hate podcast and I was mm. like you know I don't really stand for this misogyny shit like I understand there's problems in the world but like I don't stand for this right so I quit after eight episodes and ever since then that's why I had to jump out of the podcast space because I don't have time to slowly build you know my podcast so for me it was like i need to do something that i could actually financially survive that makes sense right so i don't want to do everything on him because he just changed um careers so you know I'm, i want to be responsible also but i also i'm i don't want to do nails anymore i've done it since i was 14. Oh, okay. so yeah so for me it was like you know i'm getting so much like i had so much a, a decent following from when i was um, doing TikTok and that podcast, everybody's reaching out to me for relationship advice. And I'm like, why don't I just monetize on this? Mm-hmm. So I started doing Zooms with people, um, one-on-ones. And then I was like, you know what? I guess I'm a relationship coach because I see success in it. And I see people are very happy with their results. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. that's how I pretty much ended up being a relationship coach. But I found out the relationship goes beyond relationship. It's life. So right now I'm taking a certification course through Jay Shetty. Okay. And it's uh, it's a life coaching course because most of people's relationship problems stems from life in general, you know, their childhood trauma, and it pretty much projects over to everything else. And they they see so much value in intimate relationships, but they don't see value in any other relationships. And they don't realize like you got to have all of it intact to be happy. It's not just the intimate one. It doesn't work that way. Hmm. That makes sense. I can see why. <laughs> I can see why you making money in re- in life and relationship <laughs> Got me thinking about life over here. <laughs> uh, that's, that's dope. That's dope. And you have a lot of it's people who hit you up for like advice and stuff. Um. Yeah. Honestly, I do. It's just for me, like, it's weird because when I get DMs, I like to look at it sometimes, and it's like, "Hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me with this?" And in my mind, I'm like, you know, the link is in my bio. You really should just click on it, pay for the advice. Cause I have a link where it's like, you want advice, pay for it. And I'll give you a personalized video of whatever problem you have. Mm -hmm. But I know that some people are young. Sometimes they're broke and some people just like are really going through it. The last thing you're thinking about is paying for an advice for probably some mediocre advice. So to me, I look at it as like, you know, I make really decent money off of the clients that I do have. So I do have a a decent amount of people that hit me up. Mm -hmm. Um, And every now and then I'll I'll reply with like, you know, just genuine answers. And I'm like, that's, that's going to be my charitable, like pay it forward and just accept that for what it is. And maybe that might help one person through 
there's something and the other day I was on TikTok live and somebody was like that advice you gave me a couple months ago about leaving my situationship thank you it worked and I'm so thankful mm -hmm. so to me it was like wow like that's that's nice to know like it's the gift that keeps giving so I'm like it's worth it that's dope that's dope yeah do you feel <laughs> uh like helping so many people with their issues and stuff do you feel like a pressure to like be perfect in your own relationship because like you're supposed to be an authority on like relationships and stuff like that <laughs> does it like spill over into yours um i don't i don't think so honestly uh, i i because i don't want to be too like stern in my answer i could be wrong but i mean from the results of my relationship i would have to say um priorities are important and i think like i put my relationship over everything even over my career, even over my passion. And I think people don't do that. Even when you have kids, I think that your relationship should always go first, even though your kids are important, wait as long as they're wait, safe, wait, as long wait, as wait they're a happy. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Say that, say that one more not. time. Say that one more time. <laughs> I want to play think, this back for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I think relationships should be first and uh, your partner should be first in relationships, not your kids. And I'll go into detail why, because I know like, maternally a lot of women will hear that and get triggered by it right but i'm not saying that in a disrespectful way I, and what i mean when i say that as long as your kids are safe uh, and they're happy that's that's good mm -hmm. but when you pour too much into your kids what happens is there's an imbalance in it where but you you're suffocating them their entire childhood there's supposed to be a natural nature course that your kids are supposed to go through mm -hmm. and when you're suffocating them because you love them so much you're putting them first not only are you taking away time from your partner and intimate relationship with your partner, mm. you're pouring too much into your kid. Yeah. So by the time they turn 18, they can't wait to get the fuck out of the house. Right. So as a mom or a parent, you're going to feel cheated. Like, how dare you feel this way after I've given you my entire life, my youth, my freedom. And that's how you feel. So you don't really win as a mom when you do that. So that's why I tell women, like, put your partner first because your partner is why you are there. Your partner is, is the one that makes you feel happy to be a mom, to be a wife, to be a person regardless of what you say um so you know your partner needs it first whether it's emotionally intimately um support and they're if you give to them they'll give to you and i think it's it's the back and forthness so for me like regardless of what i do online and you know my work he goes first like he's the first person i talk to in the morning he's the first person i go through for everything mm -hmm. um you know and that's probably why like i have a telegram channel and i do stuff online and people will tell me like why don't you post every single day I'm like, cause I have a fucking life. I'm not, I love y'all. And I know I should be making money the way other people capitalize on it, but my relationship comes first. And mm. at the end of the day, he's the breadwinner. And I like that. And I support that. And he's, he's doing, the more I support him emotionally and the more that he knows that he has my loyalty, the better his business grows and the better he grows as an individual. Right. I know where to invest my eggs at. I'm happy with that. The internet is a cool place. It's nice. I make money here and there, but compared to him, it's jump change. So I'm not going to be putting all my, my investment there, my priorities there. When, if I get canceled, I'm done for, what did I do? I just, I killed my own relationship and I, and I invested all this time. It's just something that could easily get snatched away from me. So okay. I just, you got to look at it from a longevity point. Preach, preach, preach. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to disagree with me on the kid thing. A lot of people put me on the stake for that because I don't have kids, but I would have to say like as an Asian child, uh, you know, growing up, you know, 
I left home really early, so it doesn't count for me, but I was suffocated in the, in the sense where like, you know, your parents tiger parent you. They don't want you to do things. They don't want you to have you a keep, social life. They don't want you to dream. Tiger, tiger parent. It's the same as like a helicopter parent because that's what that's yeah. the term I'm familiar yes. with. Like yes. over and over. So, you know, they, they want you to do everything that they didn't get to do. But that's just like, you can't do that. You, you can't fuck. You have to let nature's play its course. You have to give your kid what they need to survive. But when you give them too much, now they no longer have a passion or a drive in life. Mm. If you, you know, like you're, you're, you're giving them more than what they need. So in their world, you're creating an entitled child, which is why we have a generation full of entitled kids. Cause mm. you're giving them more Narcissist. than what they've earned. It's a whole generation full of narcissists that think the whole world revolves around them. Parents. It's the parents' fault. I hate to say it. And I, is it their fault entirely? No. Is it, how is it a parent's fault for giving them everything, their kids, everything that they didn't have? I understand you could love something so much that you want to give them the the success that you work so hard for, mm-hmm. but that's why it's so hard because it's like, what are you supposed to, am I supposed to watch my kids suffer a little bit? Yeah. Unfortunately you do, but you know why it's okay. Cause you're going to turn to your partner and hug and cut and love your partner why your kids suffer just a little bit so that they can find that passion in life to become something and create an identity for themselves instead of just living off of this misery like my mom didn't let me live my dad said i ain't shit blah 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 blah, blah. i'm mm-hmm. gonna go spend my trust fund money like why you just you ruined a, an individual by just tiger parenting them or neglecting it's one extreme or the other there's yeah, like a yeah, balance yeah. you have to it find is a balance you have to find but i mean right. uh like some people would say like, um, okay, maybe you're not tiger or helicopter parents and your kid, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, uh, like some people, like my wife's friends, right? They all tell her that it's like, I mean, your kid is young, like, they're all like, the intimacy is gonna suffer in their relationship, you know what I'm saying? And, everybody should be cool with that situation. Like, and I'm, I tell her like, you're only seeing the, their relationships on a surface level. You cannot, you, you especially can't read the, their husband's minds and you might yeah. see them and they might look happy to you when they out and about, but you don't know what's going on at home. And even if it ain't nothing going on at home on the surface, like that man is miserable because yes, he and he might be like resentful of you and the kids because he feel like as soon as we had these kids, you forgot yeah. about me, you know, and I'm just yeah. supposed to just take the back seat for two, three, four, five years yeah. and just be cool with it. Like some dudes going to be OK with that, but they probably the same dudes just paying for all these only fan chicks. You know what I'm saying? Or they are and or cheating behind your back while you think everything is is fine you know yes men show love in ways that women will never understand and this is where i I usually get a lot of hate for because i'm not i don't have kids you know and i'm I'm too young to talk about this topic but again like if you if you have common sense you look at the average people around you men are silent men are taught to not talk men are taught to not complain about their circumstances so and my biggest thing is that we are humans we all feel yeah. But like men internalize their feelings just because he internalized it does not mean he doesn't feel it. Right. And the thing with that, people don't realize like women, we were taught to express our feelings. We were taught to say when we were hurt, when we're hormonal, when we're hurting, 
So we're always saying something, even if it doesn't have any actual depth to it. Right. And women will often tell me like, well, how could a man cheat on a woman that looks like this? Because you don't understand how it feels like to be in a relationship with that type of woman. You don't understand that that man has suffered silently. Mm -hmm. And he's like, biologically, a man is designed to be pleased in a sense where his, he has testosterone. He needs to release that shit through success or intimately. And if you're not going to be that woman that he signed, he didn't put a ring on your finger from you being a dud. And regardless of your he will pay for a nanny. He will pay for anything as long as he gets that one-on-one -on -one with you. And like women don't understand that like, this is why men work so hard. Right. Um, so they could create that safe haven. When you decide, well, I'm a mother. I didn't take away your rights as a mother. I'm saying, well, I'm still your man and I'm your man first. I'm still a man. And you want a life. I'm still needs. a human. You, you know, purses make women happy. That intimate part for a man, that makes him happy. That that fulfills him. And that's actually cheaper than purses. So for women to demonize that men need that fulfillment when it comes to their, their bonding time with their partner, it really bothers me because I'm like, how do you think you created that child? Right. So it just disappoints me that that's how it's gotten to because it's like, I know like, intimately like that's where me and my partner bond when we don't see each other because we we he travels a lot and i work all the time when we do see each other that is the glue and the bond that brings us back together every single time he's like love is love that's one compartment mm -hmm. but that intimate bond that is a whole different compartment that women don't realize like how much men need that to stay loyal to you to love you and continuously busting his ass to create this lifestyle that you want that's right. what he needs that's the motivation that's all that's all we asking for like, it's cheap it's so fucking cheap you already doing it just just continuously doing it I'm like it's not that he's not i ain't gonna say too much because i ain't trying to get myself in trouble and shit but uh i'm just speaking <laughs> for somebody else's situation and shit but yes. i think women don't realize like what testosterone is you know they don't like they don't that is just like y'all hormonal that dictates a lot of our mood like yes it's yes. isn't it's like at a on a on a primal level like if let me see how how i'm gonna word this shit <laughs> but it's like it's like sexual frustration is a real thing you think pms yeah. is bad if a dude yeah. is walking around a woman that he's attracted to day in and day out and it's no intimacy because yeah. you know maybe she's too tired because of the kids or she's yeah. stressed because of work or something like that like th the the hormone testosterone is pumping through that man vein the whole yeah. time and he coming he up with all that. kind of reasons he's feeling rejected he coming up with yeah. he's feeling in, inadequate and it's all the test he just need that release and then everything is right with the world you know what i'm saying everything when 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 that happens like they go to work for them they can rule the world Conquer the they deal with people world. and they're not even angry they don't they don't have road rage after that you know they don't give a fuck if it's regular eggs or pasture egg whatever you want baby you buy it whatever. and women don't realize like is whatever you want when you give him that. And it's so, so, so important. Like even the Bible says you need to have sex. I don't care what anybody says. Like you need to understand like this is as much as women say that PMS is a real thing. That is a real thing for men. And you have to respect that. And you can't demonize that because it's their biology. And, and, and it's not like, like they're choosing to do it with the whole world. They're choosing it with you. Right. Like you are, you're already in, you're already in the ring. You got the, the ring, you got the marriage, you got the kids. 
you got what you wanted. And all he's asking in return is the exchange of bonding with him that keeps him being a man. And that's, I, if I say it this way, women think that, you know, I'm being a pick me girl, but like coming from a girl who did not understand that value because I had my own little, like, I'm going to, I don't know how much time you have, but like, I got time. I, okay. Like I grew up in a household where like all the women were very masculine. So we weren't, we weren't designed, we weren't shown to be feminine. We weren't shown to be, um, uh, how do I say it? initiating when it comes to sex. Okay. So getting to all my relationships, I never was like that. I was very masculine because I was in survival mode, you know, like leaving, I grew up in the project. So for me, I've always had to defend myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I can't just be a little damn zone distress in the streets. You can't do that. You, right. you get used left and right. Mm-hmm. So by the time I got to my partner, he grew up around women. He's used to combative women or like women um, just barking and barking and barking. Right. But at the same time, he's fairly attractive. So he's just like, I'm used to women catering to me. Right. So I got my foot in the door with him because he liked my drive for life. But I couldn't keep his attention because I did not understand. You're, you're dealing with a man who can get any girl, like an Asian guy that can get Hispanic women. Like, do you understand? You got to be some sort of Asian fucking pimp to get a, a Hispanic <laughs> girl's attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that I'm over here thinking I don't have to be initiating when it comes to sex. That is why I damn near almost got my ass cheated on. And that's when I woke up realizing, you know, and you're, you're creating a cycle that your mom went through, your aunt went through, your grandma went through of a sexless marriage mm. and an unhappy partner. Why are you doing this? I was like, I don't want to be another generation with, uh, you know, with so many opportunities, when all I have to do is submit to the idea that I am safe, I'm with somebody who loves me, I need to put all my energy and effort to someone who's going to bring me to the next level and best version of myself. And this man really did like who I am today. I'm not the same girl I was a year ago or the years before that, because he understood. I understood for him the minute I was like, you know, I need to understand this is what makes a man happy. He already makes me happy in all these other categories. Why am I penalizing him for something that I went through as a child and Mm. he wasn't there for? Mm -mm. You know, all these insecurities you have as a woman, that's going to fuck up your relationship, the present right now because Mm. of your past. You have to heal your past to enjoy the future. And the minute I did that, I brought this man grew up like a good man is one thing you meet him good. But a man turns great and fulfilled when you become the woman that makes him complete, he can live life as a mediocre good man. He can sleep on a futon and play video games all day long. But if you are a great woman, he will challenge you to the best version of himself. He will be amazing. And this is exactly what happened. And I watch him just change and I love it. And I just think like, you know, for all the women that deal with men that peacock, it's because you're so promiscuous publicly to the world but you don't want to initiate that privately in bed with your man. Mm. So that is ultimately a try. Like, how dare you show the world that you are this freaky, you promiscuous, you sexy, you slutty, but you can't do that for me. And that's yeah, the bad thing. And, and that's watching, what I, he watching you do that. And, and, and you coming home and ain't, ain't, ain't living up to that, what you showing the world. And you, it's and, a try. And he just, it's making him feel like shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, okay. You said it's a tease. Yes. Yeah, a tease. And it's, it's it's horrible to live through but you said you said something that I want to want you to expound on you said you damn near got cheated on because of how you was looking at sex in the relationship and stuff mm-hmm. like um it was a chore i looked at it like it was a chore you looked almost. at it and like it, it was a chore and like it was a duty and that maybe turned you off or something like okay now in that if he would mm-hmm. have cheated would you have blamed him 
No, 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 no. I wouldn't be knowing what I know now. I wouldn't have. And this is where a lot of women would hate me for this because everything in life happens for a reason. I don't care what anyone says. Like if you were a side girl and you got cheated on, you were never the main one to be cheated on. You were sharing him to begin with. But I'm speaking from a main perspective. If you were the main girl or you were the only girl and a man decides to commit himself to you, I want women to hear this from a perspective. Like why would a man commit? Why would he drop all his hoes? Why would he put a ring on you? Why would he bring the government into it? Why would he bring kids into it to cheat on you? If a man decides to risk it all because you weren't putting out, do you blame him? Do you blame him? And most, that's why I'm selling women most like- women, Most no, women would blame the man. He a piece of shit because it's never an can't, excuse to cheat. Because here's the thing. If you bring it down to like, everyone will say, well, he should communicate. You have to understand from a, from a child standpoint, childhood standpoint, We've always been taught that we can express how we feel. Mommy, I don't feel safe with this man in the room. Mommy, Toby pushed me. Mommy, someone hurt me. But as a man, you've always been told, toughen up, toughen up, shut up, go throw a football. I don't want to hear it. That's your little sister. You know, men don't complain. Men don't bitch. So men have been designed from child, from childhood that you cannot complain about your circumstances. So then all of a sudden you get into an intimate relationship with your partner and you hear your girl saying, baby, be vulnerable. Baby, talk to me. But baby, you're not creating that safe space for me. So I'm not going to be openly safe with you. You know, the only woman that a man mostly have been safe with, if it isn't you know, unhealthy is their, their mother. Yeah. And that's why men love their mothers so much because that is why the one woman that won't judge you for your insecurities, for your weakness, you know, they'll embrace you to almost to where they're almost, they'll almost even cripple you. Mm. But aside from all that, that is the one person they could be safe with because you, you do that with your girl. You say, Hey baby, you know, I really like this, but you stop doing this. Now you're going to hear like a line of things. You're like, babe, like, Stick to the problem. You know, you used to do this. Yeah, she started. I'm blaming, doing my end of the bargain. She started blaming you for it and shit. Like, so it's it's so bad because like men are not they're not therapists. They don't know how to communicate. Women don't know either. But we this is where people have to learn how to communicate with each other because it's like if you're not doing that, you're going to basically react. You're going to suppress your feelings as a man, and you're going to slowly buy Ferraris, do all this shit to make up for like the lack of unhappy that you feel for yourself and your mm. partner. You're like, I love my girl. I have love for her. I'm just not in love with her anymore mm. because I, I, I signed up to be in a relationship with this woman when she was this sexy, slutty girl for me in the beginning, when we were in the honeymoon woo stage. Yeah. And the minute she knew I wasn't going nowhere, she, she started wearing the ugly t-shirt. She stopped shaving. You know, she, you know, she don't care about sexually stimulating me no more. But when this girl's nice, she getting hella fucking fine and don't want to do it for me. It is fucked up. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't, I see that to such an unhealthy manner. Like, why do you pray so hard to be the main chick and for this man to be loyal just for you? When there's so many more women out there that's willing to do more for less. So why don't you play your role as a woman to get the whole hundred percent? Don't be that 80 and be cheap on that 20 just because you selfish and you mad about something. If you're mad about something, learn what you have to do to get him to submit to the idea of whatever it is you think you're not, you're, you're being deceived of and you're not getting. So you can get that full intimate relationship with your partner emotionally or physically. So, okay. So how it goes did into you, depth. how did not to cut you off, but how did you come to the place? Cause I can see where maybe a woman would, would feel like, well, I just, I don't, I don't want, sex as much as him so why should i have more sex with him if if it's not what i want you know what i'm saying so it's all mental um women who think they don't want to have sex uh it's because you're not attracted to your partner one mm. or two you're not happy with yourself two 
I was not happy with myself. I convinced myself that I really was like, oh, I don't really have sex like once or twice a week, whatever. And when then I realized I wasn't happy with my body. I wasn't happy with myself mentally. Okay. And it projected onto my partner because, you know, you we're looking for that emotional validation from your partner all the time. And when you're not happy with yourself, they can feel it. Men are very intuitive. Women don't realize because men don't speak like that. They feel everything. They see everything. They can't talk about it. They can't call you in your shit because they have to be stoic, but right. it doesn't mean they don't see it. You know? So, um, the minute I started realizing I wasn't happy with myself, I started finding what I was good at. I started going to the gym. I started, you know, being healthy with my mind. That's when everything changed. Like, damn, I actually do like sex. I do like my partner. I just didn't like me. And a lot of women get into these, these relationships with circumstances under like, I'm not really attracted to him, but he buys me bags. I'm not really attracted to this person, but he makes my life easier. You're never going to like sex with him. That's just the reality. But if you actually did like your partner in the beginning and you were humping like rabbits in the beginning and it slowly died down, you just have to bring yourself back into that space again mentally. Physically, you may not be the same after you have kids, but your partner does not judge you based on your body after kids, he judges you based on how you act after right. those kids. Right, right, and right. women confuse like, I'm not the same, I'm not the same. You don't have to be the same. A man is very understanding with your stretch marks that he know, I, I, I created that with her, I did that. They're very understanding. Of they course. just don't like the attitude that comes with it. Of course. Oh man, I feel like I'm in a <laughs> fucking session with you right now. We need to get on another topic before I get kicked out the house. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think I think it's great that you're even talking about this. And I'm sure it's just I think women aren't evil or bad. They just don't realize it. You know, it's just like when we feel like we've been deceived of something from our partner, like he's not giving me the attention he used to. We usually withhold sex. We use our time and our emotions. That's the weapon. And it's just, That's the number one weapon right there. And mm. it's fucked up, but we don't know how to 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 extract what we want from our partner. And then we end up doing that and it just becomes a back and forth sparring session between the two. And, you know, you really just have to understand what does a man want and what do you want? What do you have to give in order for him to give you what you want? It's just as simple as that. Right, right. You know, it's very, it's very we, we complicated way too much. And it seems like long term, you know, like we're all evil, but we really just didn't understand each other. That's all it is. Yeah, and that shit can get to where it gets real resentful when you get into that yeah. get into that space of like in one of your clips I, uh, I think the clip I discovered you um before I hit you up it was like you were talking about transactional relationships and how mm -hmm. relationships are kind of transactional you think that's mm -hmm. that's healthy when a relationship is like based on transactions like what about the whole unconditional <laughs> love idea and stuff you know unconditional love is is something that you have to cultivate and harvest you don't just you just don't get that from a partner like i i'm never going to meet someone and just say i'm going to give you my unconditional love my undivided attention it doesn't work that way the only person who gets that are kids and pets right and you know and for people to demand that from someone that has their own trauma before they met you i think it's a bit selfish it starts off with transaction, right? transaction with consistency. And then after a while you look at each other, you know, I really like doing this transactional shit with you. Can we do this forever? Can we do this for each other forever? And, and once you kind of agree to, which is a committed relationship, 
every now and then we may fall off the wagon, but we, we, we have understanding and compassion that, no, this is my partner. She, she probably just emotional right now. It's okay. Mm-hmm. That the transaction goes beyond that, but it starts off as transaction. And I think a lot of young people don't want to see that because you know, you get into this relationship, you should just love me. No, I don't owe you shit. I have my own problems. I've never been loved <laughs> before. So why should I give you love when I've never been loved? Right. Right. So everything is transactional in my opinion, no matter how you say it, but when you get into a relationship with someone long-term, it is a commitment. So it's something that you, you just like, you know, when you go with your friends and we don't talk about money, we just go, we know someone's going to take care of the bill. It's someone's mm. turn to take care. You just don't talk about it, but it's still nonetheless a transaction. If you go eat with your friends every single time and they're always paying, now you're a bum for expecting to pay every time, yeah, but we shouldn't have that. to talk about it. True you know, that. in a committed relationship, there's a lot of things that he does that I will never have to do. There's a lot of things that I do that he never has to do, but together it makes us a couple. It makes us a relationship. It makes it stable. It makes it worth it. And right. I don't think that people see that anymore. They, when they hear transaction, they think it's money. They think it's tit for tat. No, transaction, could, I could go to the store and have a great relationship with the, with the people who own the store. And they know like, she don't got her wallet this time. She can pay me next time. It's a healthy relationship and it's healthy transaction, but it's it's still part of life. And I think that people don't want to accept that because they want people to just love them unconditionally. You have to earn that unconditional love. Yeah, true that, true that. But I'm saying like, it can be a healthy thing, but I think it can very easily be a toxic thing when you, when the transactional thing becomes like too expected and it gets down to the point like, like, Oh, you didn't, you didn't take the trash out today and and I cooked you a piece of shit. You know, you ain't getting no ass tonight, but that's how you react to something. You shouldn't react to it that way. Like, I think the transaction goes beyond like, if you know your job, I know my job, we should just do it. So therefore, if you, if I take the trash out and I clean and I cook, I want to come home to like a clean bed. You should just have the bed clean. Cause you, in your mind, the transaction where she did this, I have to at least contribute to this or mm-hmm. I have to buy her flowers. What if you or have a bad, well, you got sure. a bad day. You know what I'm saying? You was tired, you know? But, but that's what I'm saying. It is, a, you have to create that in your relationship to go beyond the transaction. It has mm. to, once you go, like it starts off for trans, I have to like you first, which is transaction. Mm-hmm. after that it's like you know can we do this forever once you do it forever it crosses over to all right now you got some like you got coins with me some days you may fuck up and i get it it happens but what if that one day that you you forgot to do something it turns into five years of you forgetting to do something to do something yeah and then you, you know what i mean the other it's supposed to be a guts. check mark for you to know like she's done this five times already i need to hold up my end of the bargain yeah. i don't think it's like i'm going to penalize you and say like you should have done this what the fuck there's ways to skin a cat and that's definitely not one of it. I don't, I don't believe in that. I'm just saying it can very easily go there. You know what I'm saying? When the, when the person is even starts doing extra just to be able to like have something to complain about in the relationship. You know what I'm saying? Like I've been doing this, this and that, and then not even speaking up about it for a long period of time, not making it known and expecting things without yeah, communicating but if it's an unhealthy it. relationship then yes but i think like i solely speak on like communication i think that every little thing that i do my partner knows like he we're big on communication so if i do something consistently mm-hmm. he'll always like hey i noticed that you do that i really like that you do that it's like it's even words of encouragement will be a transaction for me it doesn't okay. mean that you have to pay me back in the same like the value is different for everyone right. and that's why i say love language ties into it my love language could simply be i like cleaning and cooking 
his love language is like i like complimenting and that works for me i'm like thank you give me some acknowledgement that i'm doing it that's all i'm asking for as a woman i, I don't think it the exchange could be in any form as long as it makes you as a couple happy that's how i look at it okay okay i i, I i'll i can understand that and you keep saying the phrase uh love language the first time i heard uh somebody say love language and shit and it kind of sounded mm -hmm. like some bullshit to me at the time because uh mm -hmm. like i'm not gonna say no names but my, my wife has a friend and uh well if i say how i met her she's gonna know uh, maybe she won't see this episode but <laughs> she has a friend right and she came to our wedding we got married like in jamaica and mm -hmm. uh she's married damn well, I'm sorry if you know who I'm talking about, but she has like a <laughs> <laughs> she, has, she has like a little Asian uh a Asian uh husband, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and he's like a smaller Asian guy, and she's like a bigger uh black woman. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If you, to look at them, you would you would not think they're a couple, you know, and. In their relationship, she doesn't get enough intimacy and she doesn't get enough sex, you know? Mm -hmm. And she says that some psychiatrist or therapist told her it's because they don't understand each other like love language yet. And his love language is this and her love language is like intimate touch and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. me from the outside looking in, just hearing this term, I'm just thinking like he just ain't attracted to you. Like maybe you need to lose some weight or something and then right. you'll really find out what his love language is. And since then right. I've heard the term love language here and there. So what exactly is like a love language? Like if you could like break it down and like so, different types of people have different types of love languages. Yeah. So I don't know how the average person is using it. I'm using it for my own ignorant dictionary from what I've figured out from it. Okay. Um, in that situation, based on how their physicality, how they look, I'm going to say, Hey, she probably just needs to lose some weight, but from my own world, um, <laughs> um, I had to just learn my partner, for example, his love language, what makes a man feel loved is sex. For example, that's one of the keys is sex, sex or success. So if he says, Hey, what makes me happy? is sex. And I have to ask myself, like, all right, can I give him that? Or I would give him that. What do, what do, um, what does he have to give me in order for me to feel like I could give him that, mm -hmm. which it was more like emotional acknowledgement. Like, can you let, can you acknowledge how I feel or what I, what I, what I'm going through right now? And we spoke about, it. I was like, listen, when I do this and this and this, it, it's not out of my, it's, it's not normal for me. And sometimes I need your validation that I'm doing it right. Um, to continuously do, I need that support. Can you do that for me? He's like, yeah, I can do that for you. I'm like, okay, cool. So whenever I do anything new, I'm scared, I'm shy. I need you to support me because I've never done this before. And that would make me feel happier and fulfilled to do this for you. So right. it's to me, it's an exchange of love for each other. My love language is like feeling like for once I know who I am and I need a partner that supports me right. um, because he does support me. And that's the, what I asked for. He does it. And because of that, I'm happy to supply sex, which I like sex. I just don't like it when I'm not happy with my partner, which is very normal. Yeah, yeah And yeah. you have to learn what your partner, if your girl says, Hey, I like flowers, but always buy me flowers. Every, I want fresh flowers every week. You have to ask yourself, all right, as a man, do I feel like, can I buy, oh, yeah, I could buy her flowers. I could fit the budget. Sure. Why not? Mm -hmm. All right. Now in exchange, what can she do 
um, for me to want to buy her flowers. You know, it's just, it's healthy to talk about these things. And I think people don't do that yeah. because, you know, society says it's weird because it feels like an exchange. No, bro. Like at the end of the day, life works that way. You do something for me. I do something for you. I have to want to do it. That's right. just simple. I feel I, like, maybe I simplify it too much where it sounds black and white. No, you, but to you me, that's, broke it down that's pretty healthy. Good. You broke it down pretty good. But I feel like a man from a man's perspective, right? Maybe the average man would feel like, why do I have to, like for, like for me, I don't need anything from my partner, my girl to want to sleep with her. Like I'm just, I can like, I can look at her. She can have on some, some jogging pants with stain, with a stain on them. Of course, of course. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I just, I just, I want to do it, you know? And I would wish that she could look at me and feel the same way. And if I feel a little simpish, if I got to like, for instance, like vacuum or something to prove myself that day to be able to have sex. I get what you're saying. I get it. But that's away from my ego. You know what I'm saying? Like, why can't she just want me? Like I want her. Why do I have to like, why does it have because to be again, like some kind you're of, you're not designed the same. You're not, you're yeah. not like you have this, your, your body screams it, whether you're mentally there, you, you could mentally be tired and still want to do it. Yeah. That's the thing. But women are not designed that way. That's the thing. And, and, and the thing is men think they have to go move mountains for this to happen. Most of the time we're not putting out. It's because emotionally, verbally, you're not doing something that, triggers us to do it like for us it's mostly emotional it's verbal it's communication um that is really what stimulates a woman regardless of what anyone says we don't need you to the millionaire being rich sure that helps but that does not that does not prioritize over emotions like at the end of the day like there's plenty of men that i know that are financially very well off and they're still not happy with their girl why because it's not money money is part of the equation but it is not the top tier thing that a woman wants from a man Mm. there's a reason why we love our father so much because our father is the one man that tells us baby you're a princess you're the best you're amazing he cheers us on even if we're fucking crazy so does the one man that makes you feel consoled and happy and, and you're flawless. So those are priceless. Why do we love our dad so much? Because our dad makes us feel that way. And and when you marry a, a partner, a man, that man is supposed to take over what your father's responsibilities are. So we supposed, hap- supposed to be your daddy pretty much. Yeah, we're supposed to be your mothers. So, I mean, where's it's the catch-22. Like men, men low-key want a girl that he can be vulnerable with. They don't do it publicly um, and uh, on social media, yeah, all the stuff says you don't want to, mm-hmm. but I've hit that point in relationship with my partner where he doesn't have a great relationship with his mother. And what I've, what I've, who I've become, he told me like, you know, I never thought ever in a thousand years, I'd be able to talk to a woman this way. That isn't my mother. You know, I've always looked for this part, um, with my mom and I never been able to, and you've been able to fulfill that in a sense where I feel like I can talk to you about my deepest, darkest thoughts, my failures, my success my insecurities Mm -hmm. and you talk to me like a friend you're not at that woman you're not you're not my girl you're my friend you're my mother you're someone that i trust and i can confide in so i think that that's what i'm saying this is how you create that unconditional love because it's like you're going beyond just a partner we're not signing up just to be boyfriend and girlfriend husband and wife we are signing up for way more than that that's just what it is that's beautiful what you just said but i know 
almost for a fact that a lot of women ain't on that wavelength. And I know that if I know a lot of men either feel like, or they really can't confide in their, in their girl like that, because if they show that vulnerability, then she feels less safe because, uh, he's not projecting, you know, the, the man that, you know, doesn't need that. You know, he's not, he's not strong. If he tells me that he's he's like worried about something or he's worried no, about no, no, providing, no, no. See, see, or... see, like when people hear that, that's what they think I'm talking about. What I'm talking about to the, the level of like, there's ways to talk about what you feel when you feel it. So, for example, there was a period where he um, quit his his job, and it was the most stressful time in his life because mm-hmm. he had a new career that he wanted to chase, and it was like a big change. Mm-hmm. He didn't tell me how stressed he was, but I knew it. But once he surpassed that hump and he's doing this much safer place in life, you still want to talk about your past. You still want to talk about what you went through. Most people don't even get to talk about it. You don't have to talk about it at that exact moment because it is scary to tell the passengers that the ship may crash. I understand that as a, as a, a from a provider standpoint, great analogy, by the way. Yeah. From a providing standpoint, I understand for men, that's not their style, but there's plenty of times where like something was broken in the house and he didn't want to tell me. And I watched him fucking struggle to fix this shit, but I wasn't going to press them on it. Cause I know that as a man, they're never going to tell you, but if you do ask them when it's fixed, they are so happy that you fucking asked them. All they want to know is like, do you know the shit I had to go through to figure this out, <laughs> to find this piece? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that that right there itself is being vulnerable of like the struggles because they're like damn thank you for noticing that i was struggling last week on this but i didn't want to tell you because i don't want to stress you out because most of the time you tell your girl that you're stressing she's going to throw you 20 different things that don't even fit the equation so not only you're not helping me out you're stressing me out but nonetheless you have to be aware of your partner enough to help them um release that 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 burden in the back of their mind because you start wondering like am i just pouring water in the ocean right now because i'm doing so much around the house i'm doing so much in my work life and she never once acknowledged it mm-hmm. the vulnerability doesn't have to be why you're going through the vulnerability could be something that i'd already passed and you've conquered it and you feel like a man that you conquered it but can i get the gold emmy award for doing this shit for my girl that's all i'm simply saying right. and i think that People think that I have to say, you don't have to tell me when the ship is crashing. You can tell me when you landed the ship. Hey, I thought we were all going to die, but we're good. We're good. Thanks for worrying about <laughs> me, guys. That's all I'm simply saying. After the turbulence is over. You know, you makes, don't have to be right there. But... That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. You've been, yeah. here. You've been here before. You This ain't your first time around. Like You've been here before. You, you, you know some things that you ain't even really experienced yet. What do you mean when you say that? You seem like you have a lot of a lot of wisdom. You know what I'm saying. You seem like a very very wise, very wise person. Well, I left home at 14, one, mm-hmm. and I've watched a lot of relationships around me fail. Like my family, it's always been a generation of failure. I'm the first woman in my family to break the cycle mm-hmm. to be in a happy relationship. I, I want to say, mm-hmm. I won't cross my fingers too hard because you know how the world is. Oh yeah, but. I want to be naive in that own little world and say that that's true. And um, I just think that we think our experience is so special, one, that it hasn't been replicated. But if you really look at everyone around us, they're already going through the same thing. And you can be dumb and learn from your own experience or you could be smart and learn from someone else's experiences. True that. And I highly believe in just being transparent and honest with myself. And every time I talk to people, you, any other body, what I'm saying makes sense. 
so you can see the validation. So therefore, you got to keep growing from it. You got to keep digging. Look for the answer for what it is. And it, to me, it's whether whether I as a woman have to submit to the idea of I need to learn my partner so he can be happy, so he can make me happy. Or my man has to say, you know what? I need to learn this girl so I can make her happy. So she can meet one of us is going to have to do it. Yeah. And how do, how do you, how do you say you love each other, but you're not willing to go to the end of the earth for each other? Like for him saying to me, like, this is when I knew this was like a crazy relationship when he told me, you know, I don't want you to go to Miami, but I want you to go. He said, because if I lose you in the process of finding who you are and being who you're going to be, then that's, that's the sacrifice I have to make as a man for you to be truly happy with yourself. And that's when I was like, damn, this man is willing to lose the one person in his life that he trusts for her future, for her career. I'm like, then I have to be willing to understand, like, I have to honor that. And I have to be understanding and I have to love my partner just as much as he, that's real love for someone to let you go. Most people suffocate them, yeah. you know? And if you are not aware enough in your relationship to recognize the sacrifices they make, and that's why I'm saying the vulnerability and expressing that with your partner, you open up their eyes. That's why men think suppressing everything, you know, like, oh, I don't want to stress her out and I'm not a bitch. No, you're not a bitch. If anything, I respect you more for understanding, for for showing me the struggle you go through as a man. Because you think about it, as a man, you create experiences for your girl. Yeah. As a man, you create experiences for your kids. So when you create these experiences, they don't recognize the struggle it takes to create it. They only get to enjoy it. Mm. So this is the cycle that you're creating. So can you really be mad at them for never really understanding how you feel? You can't. But if you want them to respect you for what you've done for them, then you have to you have to create that ambience where like after you've gone through something, you're I hope to God your partner is aware enough to be like, hey, baby, last week you were stressed out. I didn't want to stress you out, but you seem better this week. And I asked you what happened last week as a man. You can't sit there and be like, hold on, we'll talk about this. You'd be like, actually, yeah, babe, I've actually solved the problem. And I'm glad you asked me. Now you're embracing her yeah. for asking you. You're not shooting her down. You're not declining that moment of her being, you know, submissive and happy for you. And she's curious. You have to walk her through it as if your daddy asked you, hey, daddy, um, can I ask you, how come you always leave the house at this time? You walk your daughter through that. Then why can't you walk your girl through that? Because all you're doing is teaching her how to communicate with you. Yeah. Do you think I'm wrong? For no. And I feel like if a, if a woman would have the would know how to talk to her, man, like that, no man would really shoot that down. You know what I'm saying? But, but that's something a man women, has to teach a woman how to talk also. So it's you the have man's to. responsibility to teach his, teach his woman how to talk to him. Is what you're do, you, do you don't think that that's important? Do you think that any man before her has ever taught her that it's okay to ask you a question of what you're going through? Because most women don't know, like if, if a girl asks you what you're going through and it's the wrong time, you're going to shoot her down. So to her mind, I should never ask him. But what you should say, oh, no, babe, uh, I don't want to talk right now, but can we talk about this later? You have to know how to guide people on your feelings and your tribulations. If not, you're going to just push them away. Mm -hmm. So after a while, they're like, no, you stick to your duties. I'll stick to mine. You know, I have my own stress. Fuck off. I, you have your stress. Fuck off. You're creating that experience amongst each other because society says we can't talk about it. Right. And I don't believe in that. I think that we should talk about everything. Not right now, though. You know, when I first moved here, um, I've never told my partner this, but I, uh, I was living in Airbnbs mm -hmm. because I didn't know where I wanted to live. Cause I was like, I don't know Miami like that. And I also don't want to stress him out. And he's in the middle of moving his mom down from Boston to Tampa. So I'm like, I don't want to stress him out. Mm -hmm. I'm really big on not stressing out my partner because he never stresses me out. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
I slept in my car for about three days because I quit those folks and it was miles a week. And I really didn't want to tell them that because I was like, you know, whether I pack my bags and go back to Tampa and I failed as a mission or I take this, this small loss, everything's really expensive right now. I could really not like, I don't want to burn through my money right now. And I don't want to ask him at the same time. So I didn't tell him. And a month later, I got on my feet. Everything was like 180 of what I was currently going through. Yeah. And after I was doing good, I was like, um, I was talking. He's like, you know, you seem a lot happier than you were a month ago. I was like, yeah, I'm in a, I'm a way better place now. And, you know, I, I, I didn't want to stress you out before. And he's like, I know you were stressed. He was like, I just didn't want to make you feel more pressuring on what you were going through. So I, I didn't press on it, but I know you were going through something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I was going through, you know, and I told him exactly what I went through. And uh, he's like, I, I knew you were doing something you shouldn't be doing. He's like, but I trust that you did it because you didn't have a choice. He's like, and I'm, he's like, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Mm-hmm. And I wish you could have told me. He's like, but I'm happy you didn't tell me. He's because I would have told you to take your ass right back home. He's right. like, because he's like, it's just one of those things where like, you can't tell your partner right there and then, but you, you have to create that ambience for your partner to know that there's something going on with you. And, and because I wasn't a bitch at that point in my life, I was, I'm going through something really brutal. And it's my whole career. I, I, you have the right to be a bitch. You have the right to be an asshole, yeah. but you don't have to do that. You don't have to be a raging asshole. I was always very sweet to him, even though I was struggling. Mm. And I was like, Hey, how are you? I love you. I miss you. Yeah. Talk, tell me about your day. That is the extra. That's a small loss you take for a big win. Because by the time I talked to him a month later and I'm doing so much better, it was just a moment. It was a passage in my life. I have no reason projecting my negativities and my stress onto this person when all they're simply doing is trying to create that safe haven for me. But both of you sound very emotionally intelligent. A lot of women or a lot of people in that situation would have projected what they were going through onto their partner. They would, they would have been a bitch to him. That's true. But, but mind you, I was those girls. This man made me this way. And I'll tell you why, because he's always been stoic. So I will get into these little debates with him, these little arguments with him. And he'll look at me like, am I yelling at you right now? Aren't you the one who says you don't like anger and violence? Why are you doing this to me right now? Mm. And I look at him like, because I feel this way. He's like, well, for every time you feel this certain way, you need to learn how to talk to me. He's like, I'm not going to listen to you if you're going to disrespect me. And if you're not dating a man that you respect enough, you're not going to listen to what he just said. You're going to bitch. And mm. if you're a man and you stoop down to her love and you argue with your, argue with your girl, now you a bitch just like her. Mm. One of us is going to be the bitch and we're going to have to change. But when a man holds his ground and understands how to talk to his girl, don't disrespect her. He didn't disrespect. He just checked me in a way where I was like, yeah, you right. All right. I need to control my emotions. My bad. All right. Okay. Fair, 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 fair. So then you learn how to be emotionally independent instead of constantly projecting what you're going through. get out of that victim mentality. How much, how, how long of him being, how long did it take of him being stoic? for you to get that message though you know what i'm saying it didn't take long i'll tell you that and the reason why it didn't take long is because i respected him yeah he had something that i wanted which is he had a a very respectful demeanor he had an aura about him that screamed like i have goals i have a life i have passion and i'm going to do it with or without you Mm -hmm. and nobody wants to miss out on an opportunity no woman does right and no man does so when a person tells you, like, I'm not going to engage in this type of activities with you, I'm going to turn my back and let me know when you're done bitching, you do this long enough, I'm going to walk out. That is an ultimatum that you have to be a dumbass to flop on. So I looked at this person about three, four times of him saying this. I'm like, if I'm not consistent on my emotions, I'm going to lose this person. 
So about three arguments in of me realizing he's not going to entertain this bullshit. I need to suppress my feelings because a man suppresses his feelings. You don't think he's annoyed the fact that you cursing at him? Mm-hmm. So who the fuck am I to constantly bitch at him because I'm hurting some type of way? You know, and he he would say that to me. He's like, you don't think I'm having a bad, bad day either? He's like, I'm having a shit hell of a day. He's like, but I don't have the right to come home and, pr- and bring all this into the bedroom with you. He's right. like, because there's, um, there's a point in our life where we were working a lot and we, we'd almost had set scheduled days where we would see each other to, you know, to have sex. Um, because we barely, we knew we didn't see each other enough. So that means if we saw each other, we were going to have sex yeah, 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 and, yeah. and we would have like an, an argument before something. And he was like, let me guess, we're not going to have sex because you're mad now. Mm. And I was like, yeah, he was like, well, here's the thing with life. You got you women, you always do this. And he was like, and you wonder why long-term we find somebody else. And right. that was, a. And he, it, it, but he wasn't rude about it. He was like, listen, you can either learn how to compartmentalize your feelings or this will be a very quickly sour relationship long-term. And this guy, he's always been working, but he's always, when he was with me, he made the most time with me. And I have to say, he's always been like that. And he would tell me like, there could be anyone in the room, could be a room full of people, but if you call my name, I will drop everything just for you. Right there, that verbal communication made me realize like, all right, I'm in a safe spot with this person. How do I stay here? You know, and he's always been more smarter than me and that's so he's always been like in tune with life and he's ahead of me, but again, he's 10 years like, older than me, to be fair. Okay. Now that it makes a little fair. more it sense. It does make sense. He is older than me. I can never date someone age because I left home so early and I don't feel my age. I do feel a lot older mm-hmm. and I need to be with someone that can lead me um, through my feelings and my, 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 my thoughts through life. I can't be with someone that's just as like ignorant as me. And, and it's not, not anyone's fault. You're not a feminist, are you? No, 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 no. Like the modern feminist? feminist is crazy. Like, you know, I am physically working. So in technicality, by definition, I am a feminist because I'm a working woman. But you're not but, like a third, fourth wave feminist that like. Yeah, that whatever the hell that is. I don't, I don't engage into those type of activities. But all I'm simply saying is that I'm no different than any other girl or any other girlfriend or wife that every man thinks that, oh, Angela is different. I'm not different. I, I just became this way like confidently a year ago. And that's and that as as fast as I became this person, is how fast I shot up on the internet, um, because I realized like wow I've spent so many years being the fem I was a feminist girl I was the one who didn't want kids who didn't want marriage mm-hmm. who hated men mm-hmm. you know so to me it, it is very much possible for for women to change like that it's just emotional you know and and it's cheap as I'm saying it's very cheap for a man to tap into that like that feeling that men source out for their daughters. It's already in you as a man. Mm-hmm. You just have to teach your partner, and and you make it. Everybody makes it like, oh, I gotta teach her how to be. Well, you, you want her, you want that from her partner, from your partner also. Like, we can't sit here and act like we don't want that, but we've given up on that. Men think it's not possible, so they they don't even tickle that idea. But it's very much possible, and you could be the anomaly. Is what I'll, I I want to tell people because it's like I'm not special. I really don't think I'm special. You know, I have every statistical disadvantage to be a fucking degenerate. There's no reason why I'm this way. Mm-hmm. But like till the day he'll watch my interviews and he'll tell me like, you know, he'll help me tweak through shit. And he tells me, I watch and see how you react. He's like, the minute I see you actually, you're too good to take my, my advice. I will never say shit to you ever again. And I value what he has to say. So I'm always going to be like, all right, check your attitude, Angela. It don't matter who you think you are on the internet. When I talk to him, I am like innocent Bambi Angela. And I, and I see how he is and he likes that. And mm-hmm. I like that because I don't want to talk to someone when my, my fist is always up. I don't want to be on defense mode. 
No girl wants that. So if a, a man can create that, on defense for your, for mode. a lot of a lot of women. I know. I know. I I understand like how you are, but I think in this day and age, it's very difficult for a man. Like it's very difficult for a man to get a woman to where you are. You know. I disagree. I disagree. I think I very much even even someone in your position, I would say I disagree. I, I <clears throat> women are innocent before they become hoes. Do you think people just wake up and be, be, decide to be hoes? No, hoes were innocent before. Hoes were virgins before. Mm. Who took her virginity and decided to not cherish that moment? Women are very innocent until they decide to go dark. Same thing for men. Men men are like simps, and then one day they become fucking assholes when they realize the world is against me. I found something I'm good at. I'm gonna be. People have every villain has oh, their story. Yeah, I know that. I know. I used to be a certain way. I rem- I know what because I used to be. Uh, I guess what a woman would call like a fuck boy or whatever. Like it was a mm-hmm. point in my life where, um. You know, I was just about, you know, fucking, fucking bitches. You know, I, I didn't respect women. You know what I'm saying? And it was a, it was right. an event in my life that made me like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and before that event, I had the fairy tale idea of a relationship and building a family and marriage. And I respected, I had the utmost respect for women. And all I wanted to do was find a woman to like fall in love with. And, mm-hmm. you know, build a family with, you know what I'm saying? Like my dad did with my mom, you know, until I got slapped in the face and a woman like took advantage of, of that and cheated on me. And then after mm-hmm. that, I lost all respect for all women in that, in, in that time, in, in that time and spaces in, in my young life, you know, cause mm-hmm. I couldn't believe like it likes it, it likes like reality slapped me in the face. And I was like, Whoa, like, women can be like this, you know? So for mm-hmm. a while, for a season in my life, like I didn't really care about what a woman thought or said. Like I was just trying to fuck because I felt like every woman was going to do me like that. And I wasn't going to give the woman the space to do me like that again for a long time, you know? And it took me a long time and a lot of experiences to get past that. You know what I'm saying? I guess that was my whole phase as they call it. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And I, I and it, it's probably a certain event in in everybody's life that you know saying is a turning point in everybody's life where they go down that road that they probably wouldn't even want to admit or probably made they self forget why they why they turned into you know that type of person you know what i'm saying so i definitely feel what you're saying on that yeah again i think it's possible for anyone to change it just again everybody keeps saying it's not possible I want someone to shoot me a scenario where they say it's not possible and I can give you a strategy and a tactic where you're able to change that outcome. Like, I, I don't believe anything anyone's ever told me that it's not possible. Once I told them why this happened, all they had to do was do this. It made sense. Like, oh, wow, I didn't I didn't think about I could do that. I didn't know I could say that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't understand why we're able to build technologies, build businesses. We're able to build everything, but we can't build the right relationship with the partner we want. Why is that something so hard when it's really just communication it's really a communication i swear on everything with the the different of calibers of people i've dealt with working coaching being with friends with is the common problems is just communication because you're not understanding how to say something to her she's not understanding how to say something to you and then we just pretty much accept the terms for what it is 
And then slowly in time, it just becomes a falsehood. And we just kind of think like, what well, is normal? This is the type of abuse that we're in right now. Yeah. And we normalize shitty behaviors thinking that this is the best it gets. And, and it's not, it doesn't have to be that way. You just have to understand, like, as a person, you got to be the best version. That means you have to understand, like, that's why I told you, like, what I'm doing online with people. It sharpens me to deal with people of all ages, right. of all, you know, demograph, of all status in their walks in the life, because then I know how to feel my partner to the core, mm -hmm. you know, and it helps me understand, like, everything can be solved. Everything can be fixed. You know, there isn't just you can fix your kids, you can fix your work, you can fix your employee. But how come we can't tap into our partners that way? It's not like a magician problem or anything. Like it's it's all there. Yeah. You disagree. I, I think no, you no, disagree. No. I don't, where, I don't disagree. I don't I don't disagree, but <laughs> I think you're you're simplify you're you're making it sound way more simple than it actually is because it's it's like more it's more it's so many factors that come into play, especially in this day and age. It's not just it's not just the two people in a vacuum, you know what I'm saying? It's it's the world too. It's other it's other options that come into play because it's so it's, it's give me an example. Give me an example so I understand because you're broadly saying it, but we're talking about two individuals that have the most control of the relationship. But it's two individuals in a world of billions of people, and if those two people are in a in a bad space and they ain't like figured figured it out and they ain't had that conversation yet like you it's like say you and your and your dude got in say in that season where you were really combative with your guy and he was being like stoic with you and like checking you and like mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying making you come to a realization like if another if you was in that season and, and another option presented itself you know, before he like, you know, made you submit to him, so to speak, or mm. or if uh, if if uh, he was scrolling on Instagram one day and the right ass was shaking that hit. And See, hit, but that's, and hit that's, him that's up. the problem that that's like you're playing scenarios where it's so messy. Like, but that's this the, is why that's the real world. That's the real world. You said you damn near that's, got That's cheated. the world that people engage into. If you get into a relationship with someone that you're committing with them long enough, why are you still engaging into activities that but are designed you said to distract you, you? You damn near got cheated on. You know what I'm saying? And, and if you didn't come to the realization that you needed to cater to his love language and need, then he okay. would have cheated on you. You know what I'm saying? But it's just y'all luck that the stars no. align. Yes. Yes, but the luck is what I'm talking what I'm talking about is like I'm not saying that it takes the cheating for me to wake the fuck up. Like the reason why it took me to wake because nobody is te no woman is teaching me this mm -hmm. to the understanding of a woman for me. My mom never taught me this. Mm -hmm. My female friends aren't teaching me this. So it took a person showing me physical harm for me to learn this. I'm not saying that's the only way to learn this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like who, what celebrity figure out there is, is talking about what we're talking about right now. Nobody is talking about this shit right now to the level of what we're talking about. Yeah. If I would have heard this at the right time in my life, I would have understood this. Cause then what I'm doing is I'm validating an experience of, all right, I grew up with no love. No one taught me how to love. Mm -hmm. I accepted abusive love. I thought that was some form of love, mm -hmm. but there is way to, to love someone without hurting them. So, you know, I took the small loss with almost getting cheated on to learn. 
but not every girl forward has to do that. They could listen to something like this and reach out to me. They could listen to this experience. A man could hear this. Like, All right. A girl understands from this perspective. I want to learn how to talk to my girl right. so that I no longer can, you know, disengage with her. I want to engage with her. Right, right, you know right. what I mean? So not every, there's so many ways to learn. I just didn't have a proper upbringing. I didn't have anyone. And it's unfortunate that it took someone that, that loves me to, to have to teach me something that my parents should have taught me. And, and I'm fortunate that not everyone is going to, but it takes one person to lead the way for others to have questions, for others to dream, for others to, you know, like at, to pick your brain. You know what I mean? True. I right think. now there's no direction. There's no direction on the internet. Like everyone's just saying, build up walls. We don't have to feel women are hoes. Men are cold. Okay, fine. If y'all want to live in that reality, fine. Mm. But we still do all feel it. We don't have to live that way. That's just the reality that we're all choosing to live in. But that's not how we're designed. The feelings are there. It's just being blocked off with sedatives, alcohol, entertainment, dopamine. But yeah. we all still feeling it. So why can't we tap into it? Why can't we learn how to express it? Why can't we learn how to enjoy it? Is what all I'm saying. I mean, we definitely can. But like I was saying earlier, you just have to be in the right season in your life to receive this type. I mean, and what you were saying is true. Like, this is probably going to be a very enlightening conversation for a lot of people, you know, like, because ain't nobody talking about what we're talking right now. Sorry, I bit my charger on. Oh, okay. um, yeah, that's, we, that's my point. Like, can we if take, I've, like have a, I have to... Can we take a five minute break i really have to like take a bathroom break real quick but same actually yeah that'd be <laughs> this is actually a very surprising great conversation by the way i wanted to say that oh you're surprised you thought what you thought i was going to want to talk about <laughs> no 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 i'm not surprised because of you i'm surprised because i don't usually get to go into depth conversations with people this is actually a lot deeper than i expect with anyone it's not just a you thing it's just oh, okay. a general thing yeah like i said in the beginning like I don't really like I do like to like at this point in the conversation, I would like to hit on some because I like to I like to get to know the person first in my podcast mm -hmm. and, you know, have some real talk. And then I like to get into like some media topics and some uh, recent course, course. current events and get their reaction and opinion mm -hmm. on that as well. But I also always like to like really dive into like. And not like forcefully, because I feel like we like kind of floated into what we just talked about. It was it was like really organic and stuff, you know. Yeah. And you had some really really good points. I must say, <laughs> got me thinking over here. <laughs> Listen, I I do believe that we all can learn what I'm talking about because the youngest person, uh, my new favorite person, uh, he's actually. Uh, I call him my editor, but he's almost like a mentee. Okay. He's only 20 years old really? and he's, he, he watches all my content, he edits all my videos for me and he adapts a lot of things. And he's told me like how much it's helped. Cause what I'm saying, it isn't just for a woman. It actually excels in the work environment, man to man, man to woman, man to child, mm -hmm. man to pastor. It, it's, it's a universal language because if you can learn how to talk to a woman, you can learn how to talk to anyone, mm. you know? And that's the thing. Cause women feel the most physically out loud, but like everyone else feels. So if you hit that G spot for anybody, cause you learn how to talk to a woman, you thrive in life. I don't care what anybody says. And this kid is 20 years old and he is thriving. He's, he's like, he went from blue collar from blue collar working in factories. And now he's just doing 
so much and he's so stoic about it and he's learning how to engage with women in a healthy manner coming from someone who doesn't have a healthy relationship with with women at all you know mm -hmm. and sort of dabbling into the red pill it was kind of shifting him somewhere that wasn't healthy okay. and he reached out to me on his own terms in a healthy way and i'm really proud of him for that and my youngest girl um, is 21 years old mm -hmm. um, in college and going through this whole hookup culture so i do believe that if i like i said validate everyone's experience as an individual no matter where they're at in life they will listen because we're all looking for answers we're all looking for directions and um, just because I'm older and I'm talking to older people, it doesn't mean younger people aren't going to be here. It doesn't mean they're not looking up to someone. We're all looking for someone to respect and follow. Right. And um, I think it's possible. You know, it's not it's not like all women are doomed. All hoes, like they do come to an end. I'm not saying it has to be too late, but even the young hoes, they're doing it and they know damn well it's not fulfilling. It's not fulfilling. They're looking at so many hoes are following me. I'm going to be really blunt and honest, like my Instagram. I have girls that from all industry that respect what I have to say. And usually the things I say are technically offensive towards women in the sex working industry, mm -hmm. but they know what I mean when I say it and they respect me for it because they know like, damn, Andrew, you hit the, you hit the nail on the head with that one. You're right. I do feel this way. And I do, I do want to change. Um, and I, I, and I do want to see, and they've learned so much from my videos. I've had so much people reach out to me and say, I've learned so much from the little bit of things that you've said on my feed and the the dive that i've done so it is very much possible i want to say that so you feel like all the hoes really want to be like reformed hoes and like settle down and live a more um conservative life if, well you have to understand why hoes are hoes i think people don't understand why hoes are hoes but i'm sure a lot of them would say they hoes because they want to be hoes and it's no, li no, no. it's liberating it's and empowering mm. for them that's at least that's what they say on all these like porn star podcasts and shit. well a lot know? of people say that because you have to understand like not everyone knows how to communicate again like i've i've done my study on how to communicate to universally fit to people's ears like i know what people want to hear but also still stick to my values mm -hmm. a lot of people have to lose their character to deliver their message and and half the time they're not even filled with the answer they're saying, you know, like you think about relationships, sometimes you'll say something like, no, that's not what I meant because you don't know how to figure your way out through what you're trying to say. Not everybody knows how to communicate. We're more so just like, you know, depending on how you grew up, it's a trauma response and how you choose to explain yourself. Mm. And a lot of the hoes that are out there doing whatever it is, like, remember, if you're pretty, if you're young, you're exposed to something that you shouldn't be exposed to. So therefore you're zooming through life faster than you should. And now you're looking for someone to look up to, which is whether it's a man or a woman that you respect, it could be a shitty relationship with your mom and you already hate women. So you're not going to follow women. You're going to follow men. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these things are trauma response. I don't think that girls are just doing it just because they want to, because they know at the end of the day, going to dinner with some old man, that shit is cringy as hell. Yeah. Sitting there with someone's sugar daddy. Of course. But you know, they want, they would, unless they're talking to somebody like you who know how to meet them there and communicate it and bring them out of it they're gonna swear up and down that it's just like like the women probably that was on the pod that you was on or the, the fresh and fit or the whatever podcast they was mm -hmm. they probably would swear up and down oh, I've well, seen why would they be honest to in a room of people that aren't giving them solutions and aren't fitting in their life they wouldn't they're just gonna, they're i don't blame be, them though be to be honest i don't blame them why would you be honest to people that won't understand you or validate you they're basically just judging you because 
they don't realize like we all kind of feel the same thing. We just don't have ways we express it differently. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're not going to be honest, and I don't blame them for that. I'm not saying it's right because even though what you're saying makes sense logically in your world, in their world logically. I get what you're saying, but that doesn't align with what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be in victim mentality. I have plenty of friends that grew up in the projects where like, you know, we are oppressed. And I'm like, no, I can tell them a thousand times. You're not fucking oppressed. They're not going to listen to me. Right. They're like, you're not black, Angela. I'm like, but I grew up with you. My best friend was from the projects. Her and I both left it at different times. And she became someone and she became something with her life. She broke that cycle. So you are not fucking oppressed. Right. But I can't say that shit to them. Mm-hmm. It's a, no difference in that than talking to hoes. Like it's all logical shit. Why are they not listening? Yeah, yeah, I I totally identify and agree with what you're saying because it's kind of what I was saying about like the black people I know and encounter and mm-hmm. and see like they just don't they just don't want to hear it because I guess you need to provide the right solution for it before they can receive the information. Hmm. I think I'm growing a little bit on this podcast. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually very much I really appreciate this 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 pod this episode with you. You know, maybe it's just be, how old are you actually? I never even asked you. I'm 37. That's a good age. That's my boyfriend's age. We're the same age. That's really? cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's a good age. Honestly, that's the age where where I think you know who you are and. And there's answers that need to be answers, but you're also okay with it not being answered because you're content with where you're at. Mm-hmm. But it'd be nice to have a, a direction that you trust and some new leads. I think that's where he's at now, where he's like, I'm happy with what I've cultivated, but at the same time, I'm I'm open to hearing shit that makes sense, but it has right. me from a trusting source. So right, right. That's how I feel. You know, I never really felt like I had like life figured out i've always been like a really introspective like curious person always trying to figure life out in a, on a certain level because you know i grew up with very very loving parents uh i, I had my mom and my dad in the house but um they like we were we we wasn't poor but we wasn't rich and like my dad had to work a lot so in turn he couldn't be there the most you know so I didn't get a lot of like advice from him I didn't get like the birds and the bees talk you know Mm -hmm. and my mom had to work too so I was at a lot of babysitters and stuff like I knew they loved me and I felt the love from them but I didn't they led by more of an example than Mm -hmm. really sitting down and explaining stuff about life to me so I just had to like even though they was there, I had to figure out a lot of things on my own. You know what I'm saying? Right. So in a sense, I was kind of a late bloomer, but it was like a gift and a curse because I learned how to navigate and think about life uh, pretty much by, by myself through like trial and error. And I learned how to watch people and learn from their mistakes too, before I made them, made them myself. You know what I'm saying? Right. <clears throat> but that's why I think I, I can what go ahead. No, I'm saying I think that's I think that's um pretty normal and I think that's good that you've learned from that experience. I think a lot of people don't um take that into account for their parents. And that's why I say like your parents they they I don't think people should penalize parents to that de- degree. But I think that's where you recognize that and 
you know, my aunt, uncle that raised me, mm-hmm. they took me when I was 14 and, um, they only know how to show love through action. Also, it's just lead by example. Mm-hmm. But I, as someone who needed some verbal validation, I was just like, I just don't feel love here. So I was, I was a menace when they took me in mm. and being who I am now, um, I've kind of made them feel so relief and they're able to come to terms and, and communicate verbally and express what they were going through and able to say they're happy and they're proud and these things. And that's why I realized like the, the best gift you can give to your parents as an adult is become the best version of yourself yeah. and, and reasoning with them and thanking them for who they, who they are. Because I think as parents, you have this great responsibility to be great. And when you're young, you don't have what it takes to provide that. So you're trying your damnness. And sometimes you get judged by your kids and it's like one of the most eerie feelings. But as an adult, you're still their kid. So when you come back and tell them like, you know, this is what happened. This is who I am. I want to appreciate. I want to thank you. You kind of finally release them from that stress and that guard that and they can finally express you. And it makes it worth it being this person as an adult, because then you look at them and you can see the inner child in them like, thank you for making me feel like it was worth being your parent. Like, I'm so happy for this. And then the, that feeling of wanting them to express uh, those verbal solutions for you, they finally come to it sooner than, I mean, later than sooner, but it still does come when you become an adult that is accountable for the things that have happened in life for you and for them. And that's right. happened. And I think it's amazing. That's true. That's so true. Cause now I can talk to, to my, to my father and my mom, like, like, right. Uh, like an adult and we can like we can go go <laughs> go back to those times and I can be like yeah. you remember this and then they can really like like break it yeah. down and explain stuff and they can right and I can make them remember stuff and we can really talk sit down and like talk and like laugh hysterically about certain things yeah. that happened and they, they're really like beautiful like like fulfilling moments you know every time I go right. home it's it's always like some warm like really yeah conversation would you say that your relationship with them now is better than it was when you were younger when as a kid not that it was probably ever bad but would you say it was never a bad relationship but it's like uh it's more of an open uh relationship where like i don't feel like i have a guard up and they don't feel like they they need to have a guard up because like i feel like my parents back then i was kind of sheltered they like um, like I never knew a problem was going on. They didn't argue in front of me. Mm-hmm. You know, I never knew when they had a fight, you know what I'm saying? I never, they mm-hmm. never brought any, like, cause we have a big family. They never brought any of the like internal family problems to me or nothing mm-hmm. like that. You know what I'm saying? And now I'm asking them questions. Like I didn't even know that my dad didn't have his dad growing up until I was an adult and I asked him about it. Like I didn't even realize right. it because, um, before I started, um, it's a funny story. Before I started podcasting, I was a, I was a musician. I was a rapper. I'm still kind of a rapper, but I don't do it as, as much as I used to, it, but it was my main mm-hmm. like profession for a long time. And, uh, um, I had a few rap names that I chose for myself. Some were better than others, you know, but, um, I settled on, uh, on Tommy, Tommy guns, which is like my artist mm-hmm. name now. And, but, um, and Tommy is like a acronym. It's not like my actual name, you know, but it's still what I go by. Right. And it, it means, uh, cause it, when I came up with it, it was like, uh, 
I feel like I was like moving on from like a lot of mistakes I made in the past and stuff. So it means like tomorrow mm-hmm. over my mistakes of yesterday. That's like the acronym, the how I came up with Tommy and stuff. And uh, like my dad was like, that's an interesting name, you know. I like it, but you know, it's interesting. And I was like, what you mean? Like he was like, you know, my dad's name is Tommy. And I was like, yo, dad. I was like, you know, but you never talked to me about. <laughs> Your dad and I never met him. I always thought my great grandfather was his dad because no. uh, his his grandfather raised him because his dad wasn't there and right. he, he 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 never he never knew his dad. He met his dad. I don't even know if he met him. He talked to him on the phone once, and he was supposed to meet him. The dude lived mm-hmm. like a, the state another state over, and he was supposed to meet him. But I guess his his dad's wife didn't know that he had a son. Mm. And so before my dad could go meet him, he he disappeared. And he was like a principal at a school. Oh, wow. Apparently he like he like quit the school and moved away to like escape having to meet my dad and stuff, you know. Right. Right. And that that makes sense to me, too, because like my dad didn't necessarily know how to be a dad because he was a great dad, but he didn't know how to be super nurturing because he never had a father you know what i'm saying and then i grew up and ended up naming myself after his dad that he never knew and i was like what the fuck kind of like twilight zone full circle shit is this happening right now but that was the conversation that sparked us to like talk more and make sure we check in with each other more and like but you see that moment that you did there (laughs) That moment where you're able to reminisce on something that happened in the past and you were able to bring up that, what does this mean? Hey, how come you never do that? You see how you did that with him? Mm-hmm. Imagine doing that with your girl. If you, hey, babe, how come you always put the cup like this on the counter after I put it up like this? Mm-hmm. Then she'd be like, oh, the reason why I do this is because X, Y, Z. Z. Now you just brought an importance to something that she does as a daily habit and you allowed her to express something. She's like, you know what? Thank you for acknowledging that, babe. So for now, when you see the couplet that you know exactly why it's like that, and, and you'll maybe even put it there for her. Now you just built that some a memorable moment for her for like, you know what? He pays attention to the things that I do and he acknowledges it. And he even goes into depth and in asking me why I do it. Mm-hmm. So instead of reacting on something they do, um, usually the best thing to do, I always tell people is like, you want to ask him, can you, can you explain to me what made you do that? I want to understand why you did that. Now you're giving them a moment to go into the past, reminisce, and maybe some habits that they've created on their trauma they've done and, you know, life and stuff like that. That's how you built that moment. Like what you did with your dad there is what you should do with your partner, as I always tell people. Because now that's their love language. Her love language could be simply putting a fucking cup like that. That's one of the love languages is like, Hmm. I have to put this there so my day can start like this, babe. And by you beating her to it and putting that cup there every day for her, now she loves you 10 times more for putting the cup there for her. Does it make sense what I'm saying? Hell yeah, that makes sense. I need to find that's a, that's all I was trying to say this whole time. Like I'm like, it's it's something is her wanting to put the remote in the same spot every single time. Just put it there for me, baby. Can you, can you tell me why? Because when I was a kid, my remote got lost, my mom beat my ass, and ever since then I got <laughs> PTSD. So you have to put the remote there for me. And it could be something so stupid that you do that for her. And she'd be like, Wow, like that's priceless. That is a priceless moment that a man that she loves can remember those little things for her. Mm-hmm. you know that she likes and then once you do that for her now she's gonna be like hey baby how come you always you know 
put your towel on the floor. You know, because growing up, we never had a coat hanger. So I just threw it on the floor. And, you know, it's one of the things that made me feel like a kid again. And I really like that. And, you know, I, I hope you can understand that for me. Saying that would be like, oh, no, as long as I know why you're doing it, I'm going to embrace the fact that that's your inner child being a child right now. And if I love you enough, I'll let you be a child because I want you to feel alive. And I think that that's what we're missing is like, instead of reacting, you need to think about, ask your partner why they're doing it. You know, ask your mom and dad, hey, mom and dad, how come you never did this for me as a kid? You're giving them a moment to relive their childhood or their trauma past. Right. That'll probably give you a reason not to be annoyed by something weird that they yes. might do too. Yes. Huh. Yeah. Maybe you just helped me <laughs> escape from being annoyed by so much shit. My wife, though. I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> I'm not kidding. No, but that's true. It's true. Like, there's a lot of things that my partner does where I'm like, in the beginning, I'm like, why the fuck does he always do this? This is so annoying. Right. But once you realize why they do it, and then once you acknowledge why they do it, sometimes one, they'll even change it because they don't want to be annoying to you. But then you end up loving it so much that you embrace it. And once you embrace something on its own time, like it'll change when it's ready to. And that's one of the things I've learned is like, you gotta just let people do it until they're ready to do it. You know, like you can't, you can't force, but once they know that that inner child in them is healed, like, you know, I used to, I don't know, like squeeze the, tube, the toothpaste until it was all done. Cause you know, the ignorance of me was like, I gotta use every little drop. Mm. Now he knows that he bought me a little squeegee thingy where it just squeezes out the thing. So I don't have to barbarically do it. I love the fact that he did that. I think it's so cute that he pays attention to a little shit like that because of that. I pay, pay attention to everything he does. You know, if I notice his mood is off and no bet, there's nothing better than your partner of being completely aware of yeah. everything you do, you know, but also respecting your boundaries to where they wait when they shouldn't bother you when you're fucking angry and pissed because you still have the right to your emotions, you know? Yeah, you know, that's something I can actually improve on in my relationship, I can say, because <laughs> my wife has this thing, right, that annoys the fuck out of me. <laughs> and if I look at it in that light, maybe it'll it'll be for the better. Because, like, uh, it's, not, it's not nothing crazy, so I can tell it. And maybe she won't be upset that I'm telling her business a little bit. But uh, she has this thing, right, where she cannot throw away a speck of food, right? If we're eating something, mm -hmm. and it could be the nastiest shit that, like, either me, either I cooked or she cooked or the nanny cooked or something like that, it could be nasty uh -huh. as fuck. And I, I, I don't want to eat it. I just want to throw it away. Like, whatever, it's, it didn't come out right, throw that shit away. But her pet peeve is throwing food away. And it, right. it honestly kind of annoys me. Cause I'm like, man, just throw the food away. It's nasty. You know, give it to the dog or some shit. <laughs> she like, no, like she'll get so upset if I, th if she sees some food in the trash that mm -hmm. nobody ate, you know what I'm saying? She has to eat it. Even if it's like three, four days old or some shit. I'm like, baby, stop eating old food, you know? <laughs> and I'd be kind of shaming her. Like, like you, mm -hmm. like you going to get, make yourself sick. And sometimes she be making herself sick and shit. I'm trying to eat old food. That mm -hmm. She don't want to throw away. And, but it's because um, when she was younger, and when she was younger, um, like her her parents divorced, and uh, you know, her she had she stayed with her mom, and it was a struggle for her and her mom, you know, and mm -hmm. her dad just kind of, you know, he just kind of left them out to dry for for a while, you know, and and her her mom had to like put a big boy pants on and fucking or big girl pants on and, and go get it. And she, you know, um, ended up 
buying a dentist practice and now she thriving. She a, she a dentist and got her own dentist practice and stuff like that. For mm-hmm. a while, you know, they was they was they had to cherish every scrap of food they got. You know what I'm saying? Right. They had to go to the grocery store and and get the like super discounted older food. You know what I'm saying? And 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 not right. throw away a scrap of it because you know it was all they had. You know. And that got kind of right. embedded into the fabric of who she is. Like, even to this day where we ain't hurting for food, she just cannot com- mm-hmm. bring herself to throw it away. You know what I'm saying? And I need to have more understanding for that and stop getting yeah. so annoyed by it. You know Having saying? verbal understanding, like expressing that to her changes everything because that will heal that from Because for me, I grew up with my mom. Um, like hiding food from us because I don't know why she was like that. I don't want to go into detail, but long story okay, short, by the time my aunt took me in, um, I was always like hiding food also because I felt like I was never going to get it from them ever again. So mm-hmm. I was always like stealing food from the cabinet. I was binge eating. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got my partner, I was still that way. And he was like, why are you doing that? And I was like, I don't know. Just like, he's like, why do you have food everywhere? Like, why is there always random food in the, I was like, I don't know. So what he did was he would buy, uh, he bought a table and he, he put a bunch of fucking snacks on. He was like, that's the snack table. Whatever you want is all there. He filled my life up with anything that I was deprived of and didn't judge me for it mm-hmm. and embraced it to the level of I got it out of my system. I slowly didn't need it anymore. You know, I slowly got it out of my system where I was like, I can eat whatever I want. And then I started looking in the mirror like, I don't really like how I look. He was like, well, there's that. He's, and he would slowly pull back because he gave me what I wanted. You wanted all this food. I'm going to give you all this food. But it's gonna come in a consequence. You have to pay for it. Mm. And once I started realizing, like, all right, why am I still living like this? Why am I? He embraced me. Like, are you really gonna knock your man for giving you everything you wanted? So because he did that for me at my pace, it, it is the patience that, that this person had for me. I will always be thankful for it because he was in the place of his life where he was like doing so many other things. So he was like, I got time today. I don't mind. But at the same time, any moment his life is still moving. If I didn't catch the drift that he was moving on with or without me, that was my loss. Mm. Um, I will always give him the respects for teaching me how to heal that broken child in me because I got out of my system. I no longer crave food like that anymore. Like, I I don't know why it was something that was in me, but because I feel that, you know, my, my dad is diabetic. I was like, a fear of me was like, what if I become diabetic? Mm. You know, all these things, it just started hitting me. I was like, I got to break this habit today. But it was not that bad because my partner didn't shame me for it, didn't make me feel embarrassed, didn't constantly fight me on it. And I think that's why you have to express it. He expressed it to me. I'm going to do this for you because I feel like you need it and I want you to be happy. But understand this is what comes with it and I want you to be aware of it, but just letting you know. So he told me what what was going to happen. He said, but I'm going to let you do you. Mm. Doing that, I felt like a child for two seconds. And I was like, he's not being rude. He's not being mean. His process going through my head. But I no longer feel that way. Mm. You know, I'm happily, I eat in front of him. We're normal now. Like my life has been restored to like, nobody could ever tell where I came from unless I told them my past. That's the crazy part. So. Wow. You guys have a very healthy relationship. (laughs) Empathy is amazing. I think everyone should adapt that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I've, but don't internalize it. You got to communicate your empathy so that people know that you're actually empathizing for them. That's the thing. It's yeah. a trickle effect. It's one, two, three, four, five. There's so many things. You can't do one without number three, without number four, number without number five. You need all of it for it to work. True, true, true. This has been a yeah. very enlightening conversation. 
appreciate this. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you. This has been a very pleasant conversation also. Yeah, I feel like I don't even have to go into no current events. I feel like we gave the people enough. <laughs> Two hours I of think they... the most grown conversation I might have ever had. <laughs> I think it was one of the best conversations I've had. And I have a feeling that anyone that watches this will understand. I mean, you have to be a complete idiot to not understand this, but yeah, for sure. this is important. Like people need this relationships need this and your kids will need this, you know, because whatever it is that we're talking about that you, you do adapt, you're going to not just use that for one person. You're going to be using it for your mom, for your dad, for your coworker, for your, your kids. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you're going to have the best optimum results with them basically by doing what I'm saying, which is tapping into all senses and expressing it. It's like, what do you lose from it? Absolutely nothing. So why not do it? Right. Do you, you want kids? Yeah, I do want kids. My only thing is this is a controversial one. I uh, I don't want to naturally have them. I'd rather have a surrogate, to be really honest. Really? Why is yeah. that? Yeah. Man, the women are going to hate me for this one. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> I think that having kids is a beautiful thing, and women say that you you get very close to them because you're carrying them. But it does do a certain thing to your body, um, emotionally, physically. And I'm not... a size zero asian i already know me i'm gonna blow up like a house one you think so and two yes i, I mean i look at the women in my family it is enough for me the, the proof is in the pudding <laughs> but that's my own it's my own personal preference like nobody can fight me on that okay and no one can change my mind you know like to me it's like it's not about how you look it's about how it makes you feel mm -hmm. and if i look like shit, i'm going to act like shit, and that's gonna ultimately affect my relationship so mm -hmm. the whole point of having kids is so you can grow your empire with your partner um and with yourself so it's like why would i do that to take 10 steps backwards because i'm no longer happy with my physical image and also it affects people intimately also and i that's one thing that i have grown to love I, as a I, growing up i didn't enjoy sex i hated sex because mm. of my experiences you know growing up my first experience it wasn't it wasn't great right so i've taught myself to enjoy it with my partner the last thing i want to do is find you know, a great point in my life and destroy it just because I'm trying to create something great. You know, you can have a great idea and execute it poorly. Mm -hmm. And to me, we're in a great place in our life. And he just hit like a great peak in his career. So to me, it's like, sir, well, I don't know where you at, but you need to keep going to make the amount it costs to get a fucking surrogate because I ain't having it. And it's like <laughs> 10 G's back in my country. So there's somebody that's willing to do it. It's going to happen because I personally do not want to carry the kids and I don't care what society says. It's not traditional. I'm a modern girl. I have traditional values. You can't argue with me on that. The, if you can do it, you can do it. And I spoke to some girls today and they were like, actually, I feel the exact same way. But they just can't publicly say it because the woman that the women that have had kids naturally will shun you on it because it's not fair. But like everyone's doing the whole mommy makeover stuff with their bodies. Take that money and go pay for a damn surrogate. Cut the middleman. We're done. Wow, I don't think I've ever heard that perspective from a from a woman before. I mean, I <laughs> I know women do that, but I think it's even it's not legal here in in Germany. Women can't do it here oh, in not? Germany. No, it's like it's totally against the law here. Damn. But, but you said back in your country, where where exactly is that? Uh, Vietnam. So you would go to Vietnam, pay some lady ten stacks, 
put your egg in her and let her let her carry the, the kid for yes. so it would still be yes. biologically yours and your husband's Hell yeah. but yes. you just wouldn't want to carry it no i have zero desire to carry kids i don't i nothing in my body and soul says that that sounds pleasant okay. i mean okay so do do you think you're gonna have less of a bond with the kid because you you you, you you're not gonna carry funny it? funny thing you say that i think a lot of people is the biggest worry um i have zero desire to be that close to a child and i'm gonna tell you why i'm not saying from a selfish point of view okay the reason i'm gonna say it in a most realistic term i'm i kids when they're teenagers they're fucking assholes right so to me it's like i'm only really gonna enjoy this kid from newborn to like i don't even know seven or eight years old truly for my selfish own reasons um i think that i maybe i'm naive for saying this there's there's they're so close that I, the people want me to get to a kid. I don't think it's unnecessary personally, because I, we discussed how priority relationship, I put my husband first. Okay. My kids, I will always have love as long as they're safe, as long as they're happy, as long as they learn the shit that I'm going to teach them in life. I don't want to be crippled. I don't want to be a cripple to the life. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with not being attached to them to the level of unhealthy. Like they're not going to grow and not feel, um, the the correct things in life to be a good human being like i i don't want them to be so attached to me in an unhealthy manner mm-hmm. you know because i see that all the time and maybe i'm thinking too much into it and maybe there's things in you know nuances that i don't know and but for me i'm okay with not being that attached to a kid mm-hmm. and maybe it won't be that way because to me i don't see it that way like i have so many people in my life um that isn't blood i could love them unconditionally because to me it's not about blood for me personally okay. it's just for me that I want to build that bond in life in a healthy way. And I think that's just how I look at it. And I know it sounds kind of contradictory towards the fact that then if you don't really care about blood, then why are you doing the whole surrogate thing? Well, that's a he thing because I would be okay with adopting. So I feel, I feel him because it's about blood to me because you say you gotta, you're going to enjoy them from an infant to eight, but you're not going to enjoy it when they, when they're infant, that's going to be the, the hardest, worst time of your fucking life. Take it from me who has three kids, like when they're a baby, that is, that is fucking hard. Okay. And I of believe course it. Of course so it's that's, beautiful. That's what I'm saying. They're Why should I carry you the child then? Like for that? I don't know. I'm not a woman. You know what I'm saying? But as a man, <laughs> as a man, they have to, I could never, I hate, they, they're going to eat me up for this, but I could never adopt. I have to be blood I related. Know, but I get it. I have to be blood related to the kid to go through all that shit with them. I ain't doing that shit for nobody else. Which is kid. understandable. Like if no, for me, if I didn't have the option of like surrogacy and if I listen, my body said, I really want to have a bond with a child. That was my, like, I'll just adopt. Mm-hmm. But for him, it was like, we're going to endure all this shit as a parent. It better be my own fucking blood, which is completely understandable. Exactly. But from a bonding standpoint for me, I don't need blood to bond with somebody. Like I've never been that way because coming from someone who have been, you know, wronged by their own blood to me, I've been more of like, do, you know, I don't really care about the blood factor. So that's why when women say like, Oh, shouldn't you carry the kid? I really don't care about that because I don't think it's about that. You know, you take care of, you know, a stray dog and you have a loyal pet for life. And to me, that's, it's a weird analogy, but I think of the way with a lot of people, I've met a lot of people in my lifetime and, I've never knew them before that. And a bond is a simple gesture of love mm-hmm. and consistency. You have that person in your life for life. And that's just how I look at it. I got you. But for me, I'm not a dog person. I don't see the point in pets. I think they're 
I'm sorry. I think they're a waste of time and like human. I agree. I don't have pets life. either, but it's an analogy. Yeah, I got you. I just had to say that because you compared a dog to a kid, and like, I don't know. We have a dog. I know. My wife is a dog person. We have a dog, and we got it from Jamaica on vacation one time, and it was a really real hassle for me, especially because I'm not a dog person and stuff. But I did it out of love for her because she grew up with a dog and. She wanted our kids to have a dog and stuff. But now she doesn't love the dog as much because we have real kids and she sees what, like, what, like, it's a difference between, I know what you just said, but it's a difference between, like, raising your blood and raising something that's not your blood. I mean, a dog, you can't really, again, you can't compare a dog to a a child. But some people, especially in Germany, they consider their dogs children. They even have, like, strollers for them and, Dress them they're up. like that in Miami also. They're they're all they're everybody has a fucking stroller for their dog. I don't see so how that's possible, but maybe because they don't have kids. Yeah. And they're able to put that much energy into pets. But again, I guess because I have discipline with my relationships with people, mm-hmm. um, I would I would have the same discipline with my own child. And that's why you. like that bond that people say I really need. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, if they're already doing a surrogacy and that's already my blood, she probably he or she gonna look like me. I'm like, I really don't care about that extra 2% bond that I probably need because mm-hmm. I'm going to have discipline with the relationship to begin with. And you want to keep your stuff intact. You don't want to, you know, Hell go through yeah. all, the, all the things because it does. It is a possibility that it changes stuff, you know, down it, there. It changes a lot for women. Yeah, it, changes it changes a lot, a lot. like hormones and physically. Yeah. Like I know, I'm not going to say who, but I know a woman who didn't love their kid for like the first year and a half of its life because of they was, they went through the whole postpartum depression thing yeah. and they didn't get, they didn't get fat. They got like anorexically skinny and like mm-hmm. it was the reverse, you know what I'm saying? And, they had a real hard time with it. I'm not talking about my, my wife or whatever, but somebody we know very closely. Yeah. But, you know, so just yeah. because you like, you know, bring the child into the to the world it doesn't necessarily mean you're even really gonna have that bond. So I guess I can understand like surrogacy. But like if if and when you do it, are you gonna like break that to the kid one day and tell them like like cause you could never you can never be in an argument with him and be like, I brought you into this world. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, well, to you- begin with, I would never have that type of argument with my child. It wouldn't, I wouldn't allow it to get there. Okay. Like maybe I'm being, you know, naive by saying that, but there are certain things that I, I don't want to replicate that my parents did. Because again, I think that's childish to bring that into an argument mm-hmm. with your kid when the kid didn't ask to be here. You know, I, True. I guess there's just ways that I, I choose to handle situations with my kid and leveraging something that they didn't ask to be there is fucked up to begin with because you know you end up feeling them making them feel like well i didn't ask to be here and that's fucked up you know and, and same thing with relationships like you should never leverage sex you should never leverage the things you've done for them quote unquote out of love then you didn't really do it for them you did it with the meaning of getting something back intentionally you know that's the fucked up part that's so i don't up. believe in that and i would break it to them and i've never had to lie you know, since I became this person, there's no reason to lie to them then, you know? Yeah. How do you think they would, they would take it? Like, how would you feel if you knew? I, I mean, I mean, I kind of, I can kind of guess how you would feel because <laughs> you say you don't have a very good relationship <laughs> with your parents. I would hope to God my kid becomes somewhat of a, 
a version of me, it would be more of a realist to understand the implication that comes in life when you traditionally do certain things and when you don't have to. And for me, it's like, it's a, if you think about it from a point of all the bad things that could affect you, as opposed to all the good things that it amounted to, if you're not much of a realist to understand that, then maybe you're not really my goddamn child. And I just think that people understand, like, I'm a person who understands life comes with good and bad things. And if you can minimize the damages, you should do it because there's nothing worse than what you didn't prevent. And on top of that life happening and mm. then things that you should have prevent. And then it just keeps piling up and then you just have a big pile of poop in front of you. And next thing you know, you're miserable. Yeah, and I'm not willing to take that chance as someone who's deprived, you know, from the, from the beginning of a lot of opportunities for myself, I'm not willing to take that chance. Now, if I had a proper upbringing, um, and I have had room to gamble, I probably would do it the traditional way, mm-hmm. but as someone who just kind of got a grip of life, um, I feel like I'm on a winning streak and I'm happy with it. And I want to minimize as much mistakes as possible. If you can prevent it, do it. There's no point to just try to make up for what's lost and then try to like, you know, fuck yourself up. And next thing you know, you're 10 steps behind. No, I'm not doing that to myself. I've already gone this far being the anomaly. I'm fine with that. I'm not going to try to like walk backwards. There's no point. Yeah, I got you. I'm not knocking you for it. I would probably do the same thing yeah, if no, I was a woman. Of course. You know, I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't want to push nothing out of me either if I, I couldn't imagine yeah. because uh, I'm a man and shit. But yeah, you know, I don't, I don't blame you. And it, and even for the dude, like when your girl like pregnant for nine months and then for another three to six months after that, like you can't like do anything it's like it's like a struggle for both parties you know it's a struggle yeah it makes me sad that people don't see it that way like they think that i'm just being like oh materialistic no bro i'm not like i didn't work this hard to be this successful emotionally mentally financially with my partner just to like throw it all away because i'm trying to do what society tells me i have to do the whole point of money isn't to buy materialistic thing the whole point of it is for the opportunities that you want for yourself and that is an opportunity for me to not fuck my body up. And I'm completely fine with that. Mm. Like, that's stupid. Like, if I wanted to fuck my body up, I would eat burritos all day long. You know, like, <laughs> to me, it's like, I'm not going to sacrifice it for a kid that's going to be like, Mom, I'm 18. I'm getting the fuck out of the house, getting away from you. I don't want to. No, that's a stupid sacrifice. It's like a poor business plan. That's stupid. And I would never do that. And no matter how my child feels in the future hearing that, if my child is anything cut from a cloth like me, like Jordan Peterson, his daughter. Mm-hmm. That little girl is logical like her father. So therefore, there's no way in hell my child's going to come out being the complete opposite of me. And people yeah. can say, you can't fight, you know, nature. You can't fight this. I can't fight a lot of things and I would never fight it. But I would at least set, you know, what their future should be and what they should understand in life because I'm leading an example. That's the whole point. Okay. Let me ask you this. Uh, man, I had two questions in my head and they both ran away. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I just think, I mean, I feel like I talk about this too much, but I feel like you would give an answer that maybe most people wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you like? You know, doing this whole internet stuff, the stuff that I come across the most is mm-hmm. the whole transgender epidemic and all the mm-hmm. craziness around it and stuff. Do mm-hmm. you think? that people genuinely are born this way or is it a product of something that happened to them within their development? 
I think um, there's a very small percentage that is born, but I think most of it is their environment and, you know, the necessity to feel validation and their loss. Most of them are lost, you know, because their parents are lost. They're confused. So they're confused and they're lost. Um, and I mean, I saw a video of a mom that kind of like coerced her son to say something and he ended up calling her out and say, my mom expects me to be part of the LGBTQ community. Mm. It doesn't matter which part of it, as long as I'm part of it. And she looked at him like, how are you going to call me out like that? I saw, so, that, I saw that video. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of it is environment, but I think there's a very small percentage that is born like that. And you can't, it's almost like a defect, like in a sense where it's like you, you're born handicapped. You, there's a small percentage that your kid may come out a certain way. And there is, but it sucks that this movement has taken away from those who are the one percenter, you know, mm. and that's what it is. That's how I look at it. Like, I don't think everyone is part of that community. Like the way, the way they say there is a lot of people that have regretted these changes. And there's yeah. a lot of people that have just been like outright, like just lost. But mm. I think the real, the real OGs are like, there's this one called Jeffree Star and he's a full, he's transgender, but he identifies as a, he, he's like, I don't do that pronoun shit. He's like, cause I know who I am. Yeah. I, I recognize that I'm born this way. He's like, I don't know what the hell this is. And he's a, a he's a man that Dresses looks like a woman, like basically a pink, pink haired woman, but yeah, but he, the he's, he's the man. most normal one about it. He's the most like, like I, I, I'm a man. He's a biological I'm a man. You you can't fight biology, right. you know. And then those that are truly truly lost in identity want so bad to be addressed as a woman, bro. Just say you were lost. Just say you were lost, and you want to feel uh, like accepted in the community. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 sad because it's like that's what it's pretty much projecting. If I project out like I'm angry, you can't change the fact that I look angry. You keep acting like you're not this way, but you're fighting so bad for the validation. So just say that. Fighting so. so bad for the validation. Yeah, Jeffree Star is one, and I t- I talk to a, you know, I call him a guy out of respect, but his name is a uh, Buck Angel. Uh, mm-hmm. He was like one of the first people to like medically transition in California. He's like sixty years mm-hmm. old, and if t- to look at at him, you would really think it's a dude. But uh, mm-hmm. he never got the bottom surgery and stuff. He was like a porn star mm-hmm. for some years after he got the surgery. He got his, you know, boobs cut off and take took testosterone and stuff and like wow. really passes as like a man has a full gray beard and everything. And he's uh he's one of the heads of uh the gays against groom groomers organization that are like trying to fight uh the whole indoctrination of children that's going on right now and like uh, believes that uh, if a kid is going to be trans, they're going to be trans, you know, and you should, and they should be provided with help and, and the resources to get them through that. But he believes, and I believe that it's a real, uh, what they call social contagion going on right now. And kids in the whole ideology is being pushed on kids in their, in their like really vulnerable developmental stages. And, uh, they're being groomed and coerced into choosing and confused into going down these paths in life. And that's why so many people coming out now that are like detransitioners and, and are waking up and realizing a lot of times too late that they were pushed into it and they were influenced into it. They were, they were in friend groups where everybody thought they were trans and they thought they had to be trans because they didn't know any better type of thing. And 
I blame the fucking um what's it, the Jenners, the the Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, it yeah. started with him. Mm. Once he decided to come out, I, I feel like after he came out, it was a big shock to the internet, and it all started with the Kardashian. That, that how is it that that family somehow attracted all the main headlines of like the movement, the yeah. BBL movement, the transgender movement, the, lip, the dating black man movement? How movement. the fuck is one family able to pick up all the movements in the fucking century? Is my question. All the degenerate movements they started. On. All of it. They started all of it, mm -hmm. and ever since he came out as a transgender, I feel like I've kept seeing it everywhere non-stop and remember true. like they're always on the internet and people's kids are always on the internet true so i feel like ever since then that's when it started but prior to that i've never heard of it i've never it was rare it wasn't really something I've spoken about and you can say like well it was because we weren't confident to talk about it no it's because that wasn't really a thing at all yeah, then it, it became an identity it was a thing, but it wasn't promoted to the Kardashian level, like you said. You got yeah, yeah, yeah. You you right about that because, uh, I mean, before he came out, I remember thinking because <clears throat> I don't know. I saw a few episodes of the Keeping Up with the Kardashians shit, and I remember thinking like, I don't know if it was before or after I saw that one um, South Park episode where they predicted that. He wanted to be a woman because, um, oh, wow. yeah, it was, this was like years before he came out. And I remember watching keeping up with the Kardashians a few times and the, all the spotlight was on all the women in the family. And then you had him and you had Rob and Rob was like fat and hated himself because he wasn't as beautiful as all the women and, and as important and as popular as all the women that was around him, which was Kim and all his sisters and stuff like that. And then you had uh you had um Bruce, you know, he was he was overshadowed. They barely paid attention to him. Like his opinion didn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. His wife ran the house. All his daughters was, you know, way more important than him. And him him coming from being an Olympic athlete and now he like playing the back burner and shit. And then all of a sudden, uh his wife the sto the storyline comes out that his wife is catching them cross dressing every now and then, and then it progresses on to oh he he thinks he's a woman you know and then they start promoting promoting this shit and now he getting all the fame and like everything's about him he get a, he get his own reality show and stuff you know what I'm saying then he he won Woman of the Year which was ridiculous for one thing I you swear. shouldn't you shouldn't win that and. How you how you how you the best woman out your first year being a woman? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's all it was all like by design propaganda. And then like you said, like then it became an epidemic. But I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole and it's it's pretty late. We talked for like three hours already, but I really appreciate this conversation. I appreciate you tapping in with me and I hope we can do it again sometime. You know, I will always be around for these type of conversations. I I will do these forever. Are you kidding me? I love these conversations. I think these are conversations that needs to be spoken about. And I think if such a civilized conversation and you were so calm, you were so patient, you were so open-minded, I think that's great. Like you have such a great nurturing factor about you when it comes to hosting. Thank you. And a lot of people don't have that. <laughs> I appreciate so, that. I think that um, this was great. And I think I hope a lot of people end up watching it because this has been like, you know, I used to think that I had to keep my content short 
to attract people's attention, but the people that are looking for answers, it don't matter if this shit was six hours long. They will sit and they will listen and they will right. learn and they will comment. And those are the true people that you want to support. You don't want the ones who are only here for 10 seconds or 60 seconds. So yeah. this has been great. Same here. You are a very, very intelligent, <laughs> intellectually and emotionally intelligent person. You are wise beyond <laughs> your years and your i don't know if he's your boyfriend or your husband but he's very... we got engaged september but I, i'm not used to saying the fiance word i think oh, it's weird okay but... well either way he's very lucky to have you <laughs> and whoever pays for your relationship advice is very very <laughs> smart to to invest in it so I thank you it. i really appreciate you <laughs> right. well i appreciate you staying up i know it's super late for you over there so um this has been great and i can't wait to do this again all right well all right thank uh, you so much <laughs> thank you peace out bye-bye <laughs>